Hey, dorks, coming at you from the Lone Star State, a pop culture podcast about movies, TV, toys, and other dorky things, with a twist of real-life dad stuff, too. So here he is, Lucky the Dork Dad. This is the Dork Dad Podcast. What's up, dorks, and welcome to another episode of the Dork Dad Podcast, or should I say a brand new uh, episode of the Dork Dad Podcast, featuring the man himself, Mr. Rich El Sinestro from the RLU, that's Raw Live, unedited weekly show. Uh, Now this is a kickoff to a brand new format for Dork Dad Podcast, so hopefully you guys enjoy the changes. Not too big changes, just um, so I'm still going to talk about movies, TV shows, and, and the latest Dork Dad questions, but just a little more real. So in this episode, we get into um, just a little bit about podcasting, about The Mandalorian, and about some old ladies. So hopefully you guys enjoy the show, but before we get started, just a little housekeeping. Uh, so this episode is brought to you by 3leggedrabbit.com. That's the number three leggedrabbit.com and right now if you go on there and look under podcast gear everything you see under podcast gear podcast gear is 10% off when you use the code podcast at checkout so again check out threeleggedrabbit.com um shout outs for the show and supporters of the show I uh, want to give a shout out to uh, the Comic Collectors Guild, which I am so happy they let me be a part of that. Um, also, shout out to the Collecting Weekly Podcast and all their shows they have going on. And the Hustlers Huddle Podcast. Along with everyone at the RLU, that's the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting network so with all that let's go ahead and get started with a brand new episode brand new format with mr rich l sinestro
choking. Nah, just my fucking mic is just scraped up my Wakandan throne. What if anybody ever said that before? Oh. Yeah. Alright. Okay. I think I'm all Alright, I'm good. What's up, man? How you been? Good, good. Um so I'm gonna I'm changing up the format a little bit. Okay. Uh, and you're uh you're my guinea pig. Okay. So um we're not gonna do any intro or anything. Oh, excuse me. No, uh, no intro or anything. Uh, at the end, you know, we can say uh, where to find you and all that stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I gotta figure that. Out. I'll do like a, I'll do like an intro, like a separate intro, just saying what's going on, and we're just, I'm just gonna play it, you know. Oh, I got you. I hear what you're saying. All right. Are we recording yet? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. All right. Hopefully you don't use any of this because that was a lot of fucking noise. This stupid oh. shit. <laughs> I apologize. I didn't realize the mic was hot. Um, yeah, I'm trying this uh, recording through the Skype. Have you done that? Or you? what do you use to record? I use, um, well, I use a MacBook. So what that affords me is that um, call recorder. Call recorder only uses Apple uh, OS. Uh. And, um, and so I partnered that up with Skype. And I've been doing that for the five years that we've been making shows. And it's only a result of me uh, testing out other options out there. Right. And I just go for, I mean, this is probably the incorrect way to look at it, but I go for like the easiest method. So that way I know, even if it's not the best quality, uh, like I, I might be me- missing features that other people have with like Audacity and stuff like that. Yeah, but the way I I have it dialed in, I use Skype, Call Recorder, and GarageBand, and it's the easiest method for me to not only record, um, but also to edit. And easy means I'll do it. You know, like if if there's any like real effort that I have to put into it, um, and it becomes a chore, then I I fall out of love with it, and then I just don't want to do it. I have a I have a show that we recorded on Thursday night um, myself, Chris. Adam and um, my man JJ from the RLU Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's just sitting there. Like I haven't hit it yet, just because I'm like, fuck. There's so much to edit, and it becomes work. So then I just push it off, you know. And that's the worst thing. I I don't want to keep doing that shit. That's like the the only thing. Well, like one of the easy things about doing a solo show is I kind of edit as I go. You know, if I I fuck up and like, wait, well, let me stop. I'll start over. Um, so that's one benefit, but I've been I've been debating on whether or not to get a MacBook and if it's worth it. Um, I think uh, so, dude. I mean, I I've had my MacBook. I, I've always had MacBooks, right? And yeah. this this gen MacBook I've had for like, God, I want to say three years now, like close to three years. And for work, I use a PC based laptop, and you know we're always sending those in as a as a company, you know, for for repairs. But my, um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just a thing. It's just how it is. And, you know, uh, just personally, I, I know that Apple is, is the more expensive route for most stuff, you know. But yeah. at the same time, like, you get so much with it, you know. And, and n- number one, like, I, I'm so 
um, I have so much kind of confidence in what I use for for Apple um, that I don't have to deal with it. You know, like I just that amount of confidence I have in my hardware that I don't have to worry about losing shows. I don't have to worry about losing any of my data or anything like that or backing. Like I'm real bad with backups and shit with the yeah. Apple e- ecosystem. It just happens. So I don't even have to think about it. Like all that stuff kind of builds into the price tag for me, you know? Yeah. So I really talk shit about, go, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, maybe down the road, I'll, I'll pick one up, but you know, my little uh, $300 laptop I'm, I'm fine with right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's. It, it, I I've never had a, a Windows base. Like my daughter, she uses Chromebooks for school, and you yeah. know those are fine too. But I've never had anything last more than a couple years before it needs to go in for some type of service. And this MacBook, this particular one, I've had for almost three years, I think, and um, I, I haven't had any issues with it. I've had minor things where I fuck something up, but it's not been the the device's fault. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I haven't. Con- buying a used one but i mean i don't know like why are they getting rid of it you know it's got to be something wrong with it but you know what i heard about that just uh since we're talking fucking dorky fucking uh computer shit that um one of the biggest pieces of advice that i've been given before i haven't followed through on it yet because i'm like you i'm thinking well if it was been returned something's wrong with it i don't want to be the fucker that has to find out what it is but what i hear the advice i've been given is when people trade in their product or if they turn in their product to Apple, Apple basically does a rehaul of the whole system and it goes through the same tests that a brand new piece would go through before they release right. it again as a refurb. So you're essentially getting a brand new device. It just happened to have lived in somebody's home before it got to you. And uh, and, and the, the dude that actually it was not even one dude. It was actually a couple people that had told me that before. And I have friends that work for Apple. And, and right. they kind of said the same stuff, and uh, but but it's funny when you have people that work for Apple, they they really talk up new product, like they it, it's almost like indoctrinated to them, you know? Yeah, because <laughs> I know like I mean, engineers, they and admit, shit and, right? And, and, Didn't they admit them. that they slow down um, the phones with the updates? They do that, but it's it's on purpose though. I mean, that's because um, they so get the new the new stuff. No, but it's on purpose, but for a reason. Like, um, the reason that my phone, an 11, won't, or the 10, won't run the same as maybe somebody who picked up the um, 11 Max Pro is, number one, what's under the hood. But also, it's because if we try to run the same OS that's built for something faster, a faster processor, our shit would be glitchy. So what it does is, like, okay, you can run it. But we're going to slow you down and like hold your hand kind of idea so that you don't become glitchy and it doesn't become a thing where we have an unusable phone. So it's, it, it, it's yeah, they do slow shit down, but at the same time, it's to our benefit because then I can keep my phone longer. I, I haven't traded up to the um, the Max Pro or the 11 Max Pro, whatever the fuck it's called, because it's, it's really just a camera. And like I don't really take pictures with my phone. I take pictures with my cameras that I have, you know. So like my my wife takes pictures with her fucking phone all the time. Like, and and she she just went to the um, Post Malone concert and she was doing video and Post Malone. My wife goes to a lot of concerts, and usually she'll come home and she'll show me her concert or she'll she'll text me the the images or the video of the concert, and they're grainy and they don't look very good. This time with the Post Malone, it's like it looked like a fucking music video. It looks so clear. <clears throat> so clear it's, it's amazing so amazing how well that camera 
performs. But that's not interest. That's not important to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't care about. I never use the camera, so still, it wasn't. I'm still rocking my uh, iPhone Seven. So yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, like, but uh, I know it's not a real button, but something about like having the home button. Um, I don't know. Oh, okay. Like I can't. I use my wife's. My wife has a ten, and I like. I can't get used to that, but I don't want to upgrade. I, At least I not yet. But I hate that button. <laughs> I do. I hate that bug. I, I wanted the Star Trek shit. You know, like I've always wanted just this clean slate. You know, I don't. I don't want nothing on there. I don't even like the new can the new phones where they have that little dip on the top. You know, so it fucks up when you're watching video. I don't like yeah. that either. I just want one clean slate, a brick. Just let me sh- let me see a whole screen. That's what I want. Everything. You seen see, uh, they're coming out with the the razor, the new razor. Oh, the flip. Yeah, yeah, the flip phones. I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, to me, that's that screen's gonna wear out eventually. You bending it all the time. Yo, I mean that that's like for motherfuckers that remember the day. Like that, I remember having a razor, yeah, like a true razor. <laughs> that shit was sweet. You know, I was like, oh, look at this, all sleek. But now that don't play, man. That don't play. Kids don't know what that shit is. Nah. Now, I mean, they ain't sexy. You know, it's, it's for the old folks. It's for the. It's you for might as well do that. Exactly. <laughs> you you might as well in the commercial like have the commercial some motherfucker in like a get damn members only jacket you know and he's in these fucking new balances and he's trying to help his wife along down the stairs and they pull up the razor phone and then they they do the cheesy ass mentos commercial smile at the camera <laughs> and it just says hashtag okay boomer <laughs> that's what they should just do man fuck it some lady falling out of her bathtub. She pulls out a razor phone. <laughs> <laughs> what? This oh, whole shit. thing is blowing up, man. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Um, fucking Dario. Yeah, man. That motherfucker gets mad. You don't call him a boom. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to hear that shit. <laughs> well, why are you all of a sudden boomers? Just, boomers were yeah. fucking... Born in the 50s and the 60s, but now we're called boomers. Uh, I think just, the best way that I've heard the explanation was uh, the kids from the RLU, um, Adam and Jaime, they did a show. <clears throat> what's his fucking show called? Um, the League of Podcasting. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, whatever. Some sh- Yeah, oh, goddamn, I feel bad because I can't fucking remember it. Um, but they did a he did a show. He had Jaime the Eternal Experience on there, and the best way that I can um, I, I I heard explain is it's not necessarily your age; it's your mentality. You know, it, it's it's like me. Like although I was born in 1980, when I, I te- technically I'm a millennial, I never knew that. I thought I was a Gen Xer this whole time. Um, but the idea of somebody like myself, like I'm a more of a boomer than maybe Dario would be, because Dario tries so hard to still be one of the young ones <laughs> too hard too hard <laughs> so like i've just accepted it you know what i'm saying like i'm that dude with the you know fucking uh, phil huxtable goddamn sweater on yelling at kids to get off my lawn you know like that's that's my mentality like, my, my joints hurt when i come home you know <laughs> oh i wake up with like phantom pains and shit <laughs> i'm done so I'm more like that. And then like me with the the technology, I just want technology to be attractive and sexy and I, I don't have to do a lot of work for it. 
And when it becomes work, I'm just, I'm going to call somebody to fix this. I'm not going to even look at it, you know, kind of thing. So I I think it's more of a mentality. And uh, (laughs) when when my man uh, Jaime um, was responding to, to, to Dario, Dario's Instagram handle is, on, on, on IG is um, 80s baby when he called him 80s baby boomer <laughs> that shit had me die <laughs> like that shit was just right there for the picking and I didn't even think about it <laughs> oh, yeah it is um, so uh, like I said this this is the way the show is going to be we're just going to talk um, about whatever and that's, that's what I'm planning on doing moving forward Okay. Um, but uh, so you've been in the game five years, right? So yeah. So what? What? What got you started? Like, what? What made you say, you know what? I'm gonna do a podcast, or, or was it someone, a friend of yours, saying, "Hey, let's do a podcast"? What? What got you in the game? Um, uh, this you're giving me the mic, bro. So sometimes when you, when yeah. you give me the mic, I, I take I take it over too too long. So let me know when I start going this, that, blabbing too long. It's kind of show I want to do. It's kind of show I want to know. Okay, so I used to once upon a time I was doing a podcast with a, a group of guys that I met through Instagram through the toy community, and we were doing. I was a kind of a long-standing guest with that podcast, and then I'd be. Uh, I became somewhat of a co-host, but not ne- not really. Um, I would basically look at it like I was hanging out with my friends every Tuesday, and right. uh, we would just talk about toys and toy news, and and sometimes we would get into fun territory where we just talk about um, like real life stuff. And I, during the course of my my stay there, I recognized that I really love this platform. That it was something that one. I was somewhat entertain entertaining in, and uh, and I I had somewhat of a voice, and uh, it was because of that podcast. Even though it didn't end on great circumstances, like I don't I don't know those people anymore. Um, it was a, a little bit of a falling out, and there's a, a huge history behind it. But um, and it's a shame because I spent so much time with those. Yeah, it happens. It happens, and. You know, sometimes it gets ugly, and unfortunately, this situation got did with one one individual, particular specifically, um, and it and uh and it's it's a shame, and, and I wish that that piece of it never happened. But because of that, it made me fall in love and understand that I want this, I want this to happen. I want this to be for myself. So, um, while we were, I was still doing that podcast. I partnered up with uh, George Toy Attic Twenty Six from Instagram. And another buddy of mine at the time, his name was Joe Bodega Joe Dios or Bodega Joe, and uh, the, also from uh, the toy community, also from Instagram. And these two dudes, <clears throat> if anybody knows George, George has a YouTube channel. Uh, he's a regular on the RLU, um, and he was somebody that I knew can talk on on any subject at lengths at a time. And um, and some may say maybe too long, right? <laughs> and Rich, uh, and and right, Rich Junior. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, and he's he's uh, if anybody knows George in any capacity, George is a sweetheart. He's a real, real nice guy. Always positive. I've never had any negative interactions with George or heard of any negative interactions with George. 
And uh, so I was like, you know what? We, he, he actually hit me up uh, prior to the podcast. He's like, look, I want to do something with you, Rich. I want you to come on my channel. I, I review toys and let, let's do something there. I just have to figure out the, tech, uh, the, the, the technical shit. And uh, so we always had something kind of in, in mind, but we just never knew what it was going to be. So when I was thinking podcast, George was first um, in my head. And then Joe was another dude that I would just have conversations with. We would just have off-air conversations. Uh, and, and we would talk about movies. All like We can get in depth about movies. Yeah. And, and I really enjoyed talking with him. Just about the nitty-gritty, about cinema. I'm a huge cinemaphile. So anybody that wants to talk movies with me, you got my attention. And you have my time. Like, a, fucking time fades away at that point. And uh, he and his wife... Really nice people, and uh, we were we were really good friends for a bit of time. But as everything, you know, sometimes people fade out of your life. And uh, but at that time, he was uh, he was another dude that just instantly came to mind. Said, "Look, I can talk. I know I can talk, and I know I can talk to these two guys. Let's come up with a show." And uh, and that was the gem of it, or the germ of it, at least. And um, we started kind of plotting what did we want to sound like, what did we want to talk about. We come from these these different parts of the toy community, how do we bring us together and make it an entertaining show? And uh, first thing that started was our segments, like what what, what are they going to be? So we knew that it was going to be Toy Isles with George. We knew we were going to talk toys. That's what brought us all together. So we knew that was the first segment. I had such a love for movies and TV shows, and so did Joe, specifically movies. So it became a TV show slash movies slash toy news, and we would do kind of mini reviews um, we had a segment called Redbox or Box Office. If we would see a trailer or hear news about something that was coming out or upcoming, um, we would give it a rating of either, yeah, I'll save that for Redbox, or you know what? That's definitely something I'm going to look at at the box office. And that was uh, one of my favorite segments of our show, which we ultimately named Two's Company Three's a podcast. And um, we went strong, man. We went strong for almost a year. And, uh, and it was um, a lot of fun, a lot of dedication, but it was, you know, just like everything, life gets in the way, schedules yeah. get in the way, and it's hard to maintain. And, um, and then it, it was coming towards an end. I saw, the, I saw it on the horizon. I knew it was coming, and I knew how important this was for me. And I started making moves to make sure that not only did my show not die, but that it would ensure to be something grander than it was and that was the birth of the rlu network i i made sure that look if i fall apart tomorrow at least what the vision of what i want this to be can continue it can be a machine that can continue past me i started doing the raw live unedited based off of um our reviews of walking dead we would do uh kind of an instant reaction to walking dead on two's company three is a podcast Uh and we would call it raw Raw and unedited is what we call it. Raw and un- unedited, Walking Dead, or, or something. I can't quite remember, but it was raw and unedited in there, and um, and and uh, that was uh, kind of the the idea of what the network should be. It should be something that doesn't require a lot of editing, that doesn't require a tremendous amount of sit down time. So raw live unedited was born, and it was uh, all out of a, necess- a necessity for me because I didn't want to edit. <laughs> I, I didn't know how to edit. Uh, Joe was my editor for Two's Company Three as a podcast, and um, I didn't want that responsibility. And, and when the guys had to break away, I knew I couldn't maintain the responsibility. 
So the idea has always been sit down, record, whatever happens, that's your magic, and you put you push it out. I haven't truly lived up to it though. I mean, that's that's one thing. I'm I'm uh I'm somebody that I, I want to make sure whatever product I put out there is listenable. And sometimes raw, uh, just completely raw, isn't because we go we go too far. Sometimes, yeah. especially now, because this show has transformed into something that was never in my my crosshairs before. But um, sometimes it goes too far. Sometimes it's just not fun. Sometimes it's just like a lot of noise and it's a lot of uh, empty sound. I that's I hate that. I hate to have just this void of sound. It it, it just doesn't play well. Um, or sometimes it's just like, hey, th- this is just a boring topic. Let's move the fuck on. So I do slightly edit. I, sh- I say in quotations because I sometimes heavily edit. Um, but I'm all proud the, to say. What's that? Got to edit all the pussies out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, did you listen to podcasts before? Like, was there a show out there or someone that kind of inspired you guys to to follow or kind of mimic? Yeah, I mean, I think that my biggest inspiration of wanting to just be a voice of some kind, to be on a soapbox of some kind, is Howard Stern. I've always listened to Howard Stern since I'm a kid. Um, I love Howard Stern, not so much for the raunchiness, because I didn't discover that Howard Stern. I discovered the Howard Stern that is more introspective, somebody that has started going through therapy and working on himself and... um, working on his relationships, I discovered the person that talks in a real way about real things, and that always turned me on. When when they would get away from the characters and and just deal with the real-life stuff, that, to me, is the most interesting show, the most interesting podcast, when you're talking to somebody and getting to the real person. Um, Because we all kind of wear masks in our our daily life. We all are never representing our true person. At least that's my assumption or my estimation of life i feel like we all are wearing some type of mask whether you're at work you're not really i'm not really the same rich you meet at work that you would meet at you know at a kid's birthday and i'm not going to be the same rich at a kid's birthday that you would meet in my own house you know like it's you you, everybody's having some kind of different variations of themselves but when you get to really know that person um that's very interesting and it's very entertaining And, and i i've always found that um, what makes an interesting interview isn't necessarily the celebrity uh, of the individual. Right. It's, it's just how real they can get, like taking you to a place where I can relate to that. I, oh, yeah, I, I've experienced that before, you know, or that's a story that's similar to mine. Those are interesting stories. That's what I'm, I'm interested, at least as a host, to try to get to. And that's, that's kind of one of my reasons for kind of changing things up. Um, so me personally, I, before all this, I didn't really listen to that many podcasts. Um, for me, it started with the Walking Dead podcast that I used to follow. And then for some reason, I stumbled upon Boys With Their Toys and led me to Dario and led me to you guys. Um, figured, you know, these guys are just talking about nonsense. I figured I could do that too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. But, but, um, but I started listening well, you know, to... Like- uh, can I comment on that real quick? Just, yeah, just real quick. Let me because I think that's fucking wonderful, man. Because the the idea that this network, the RLU, um, it it very easily could have died, uh, you know, five years ago, and right. uh, and I, I didn't want it to die. I wanted it to be something, and it took a while before it became a network. It was a network of shows that consisted of myself with other 
co-hosts. I, I created different shows, and then uh, so I was the I was the throughput. I was the thing that brought the network together, and it was a lot on me. I was doing three shows at one point a week, and mm-hmm. it was just a tremendous amount of responsibility. The network has grown into a place where if and it and has where I've had to step away from the mic and it was still rolling. That I was still we RLU was still producing content for the listeners, and we're still in that place. I mean. Um, with the help of, uh, you, you mentioned the boys with their toys, they did an exclusive show for the RLU called The Loading Screen, which aired for about almost a year. It was, a, it was close to a year. And uh, they were the first show that Cheney 180 from the Toy Migos, They're Not Dolls podcast, uh, brought over to the network. And the first time that I was able to realize the vision of what this network is supposed to be and, and what it's intended to be, having content that was not created by myself and brought to the network, already polished, already done, and I just have to post it up. And now here we are. You discovered the RLU via the boys with their toys. And they were affiliated with the network because of Loading Screen. Dario being a, a, you know, a guest that's back and forth on the boys with their toys, who's obviously a co-host of the RLU weekly show, right. um, brought you over and start listening to some of our content, specifically the weekly show. And uh, and now we're friends. Yeah. You know, and it's the, the idea that it, 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 it happened. Like... Take any piece of that puzzle away. I don't know you, Lucky. You know, right, like right. that's that's what's so amazing about what we're doing. What makes me really proud about what we're all contributing to is that who who knows who who knows what the future can hold. You never know where, how big or how how far you can reach, and 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 what these these kind of uh, baby steps take you towards. You know, and. Um, it makes me happy when I look into the future for what we're doing, even if I'm not a part of it in five years. If I'm just a an executive producer, old man, boomer, you know, just smoking my pipe on my rocking chair and watching it still go. Or somebody else takes the reins and, and makes it go further than I ever could. Just do these guest spots, you know. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. I love yeah. it, though, man. That, that's a beautiful story that you, you, you shared and that it, it's exactly – I love that, man. It's supposed to be a network. We're supposed to be networking with each other. You know, right. to, to have different personalities, you know, have other personalities on their shows and just build this family. The idea of um, every time I brought people onto the network, I've talked about I'm a comic, uh, comic book kid. So when I would read comics and you're reading Spider-Man and then Captain America would come in as a cameo or when you read Fantastic Four and you have the X-Men come in as cameos like those team ups. That's what I want for this network. I want to have people that wouldn't normally um, associate with each other or have anything really in common, come in and then make magic. And that's whatever, that's what always happens with this network. Whatever we are, we, we all get along for some reason. There's a common denominator there. And, and I love that. I love that we find it. That's it's, bromance. Uh, bromance. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, we love talking shit and talking shit to each other. It's, that's what guys do, right? Yeah. And most of us don't take it personal. So that's what yeah. I love about it. Yeah. Um, so where was I? I was talking about, um, you know, not really listening to podcasts at first, but, uh, I just like really re- recently got into Joe Rogan. I know Joe Rogan's oh, oh, really big and whatnot, but, uh, I just barely started lins- listening to him and something he said kind of goes along what you're talking about. We all were, uh, put on a different face, right? First show, a different character. And he was talking about, um, promoting i forget who his guest was but he was talking about uh this his guest was asking him does he promote his own show does he get on social media and he says no he don't have time for that 
Yeah. That, uh, the way he described it is uh, bandwidth, right? He says, all that garbage takes up too much bandwidth of his time, right? He concentrates yeah. just on his output and saying that uh, people, they just try too hard, you know? Try too hard to be relevant. Try to try too hard to um, fit in, to get in with the latest trends and whatnot. And I think maybe I was, I fell down that hole. Mm. Um, like I said, it was, I've gotten a lot of uh, positive feedback from uh, other people that listen to the show, some coworkers, and and you mentioned it too when I uh, when I was on the weekly, where uh, you know you said you really appreciate all the stats and stuff, but you really more enjoy just just the stories, right? Just the talking, the real life stuff. Yeah, and that's, absolutely. That's what I get. Um, that's a lot of the positive feedback. That I got, so that's why I'm kind of changing it up. Maybe get a little less um, steady and just more uh, more talking. What I find, what I find with like the weekly show, um, the excuse to get together to do a show is let's talk about pop culture. Let's um, let, let's let's report on the news. Let's what let's right now we've changed segments, so now we have a mainstay, which is what's worth watching. It's been incorporated into our show, right? And those are all excuses to get to a conversation. That's that's all it is, you know. Like we're we at the weekly show aren't going to be breaking any news. We're not going to be coming on and saying, "Hey, did you hear?" And the audience is going to be like, "No, I did not hear." They've already fucking heard, you know. It's yeah. just the whole idea, in my opinion, of a successful co- podcast is your listener falls in love with your character and and the character is why they keep coming back that person is, or 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 two or three or four whomever or that maybe it's just that group itself as a whole is why they come back and they want to see what's next with you um but you know you have to have some excuse to make a show in my mind and that's why I I label it a pop culture um um podcast and uh, because we we're, we're primarily talking about shit that we geek out on but the fun is when we get to the real personalities, you know. Yeah. I I've tried that. I've I've tried to do um, where it's just us talking, and what I found is it gets out of control because I have a group of yahoos, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it just goes nuts, and it goes to places I can't control. So like I need specifically some reason to rail people in, and myself included, because sometimes I get off that energy too, and I start going silly. But um, but yeah, it, I hear what you're saying because truly every great show is all about the personalities and as real as you can be with the the audience, it, the more receptive they're going to be. We can all hear when somebody's not being their true self. We all can hear it. So yeah, you you're you're changing a format. Sometimes that that's what's needed to keep things fresh for you specifically as the producer of the content. And I think that's just um more me the way i am because uh you could probably tell i'm like a older version of adam i'm not a big talker and people don't <laughs> know i'm not a big talker uh but this is this soapbox if you will this show has really uh helped me out with that and um um shit, i lost my train of thought um hey speaking of which though man uh, kind of putting yourself over to being a an older version of adam one of my favorite, not even one of my favorites, my favorite and my most proudest moment as a podcast for the last five years, was, it was a show that you were on uh, when we talked about the Joker very candidly. 
where yeah. Adam shared, you shared, um, and and even Andre had shared their ex- your guys' experiences um, with mental um, with your mental health, right? As we all do, and that was the the truest. That was the truest example of podcasting, and the most proud moment that I've had as a producer of of podcast. Um, and and it, it was something that while I was listening to it, I was in awe of what I was listening to in a sense that I can't believe that I'm capturing this right now. You know, like this yeah. is this is a, such an important conversation to have amongst, you know, here we have a millennial and a all the way to a boomer, <laughs> you know, talking yeah. about something that is so important, something that just gets brushed under the fucking rug, something that's never really acknowledged or dealt with in a real way. Um, you know, something that's scary, something that feels shame you, you should, you, that people sometimes feel shame for. And, and we're talking about it openly and honestly. It, it just was a beautiful fucking moment for me. And the, the response that we got from some of the listeners um, I know that people individually received messages and, and things like that of, of positivity. And, and it just me personally, if I'm going to direct anybody to listen to what Rich produces for the network, that's the thing. That's what I submit for the Emmys right there. You know, it's like, this is what we do. Yeah, we're a bunch of assholes. Yeah, we talk about a lot of bullshit, but we bring it to the surface where we're, we use a lot of racial humor because we're a biracial cast. Right, and right. Uh, we, 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 we use a lot of, uh, you know, jokes at each other's expenses you know we do it to each other because we know that we're friends ultimately and and it's in a safe place that we can have these conversations and make these jokes we're never directing it towards somebody that's outside of our sphere and uh but at at times we get real and some at times we get into our personal lives i try to share as much as i can sometimes i overshare about my personal life and it feels great when I do it. It's very cathartic. That's that's the only way I can really describe it. It's like a release that I gain from sharing with the audience. And uh, in, the, in that moment, though, that Joker episode was, wow, it was just something I'm a huge yeah. fan of, that you guys yeah. all helped produce that and not make it magic. Much, not too much Joker, but a lot of, a lot of stuff. Yeah. But So, like me and Adam, I, I think we have similar personalities that I think we're overthinkers, and I think you mentioned it before that, you know, Adam has a hard time just getting it out. Just say it, right? Yeah. And I, I feel I'm, I'm like that, too. Um, a lot of my earlier shows, too, like, I'll sometimes it's hard for me just to talk off the whim. Like, I'll literally, like, write almost a script. And then that's why another reason for changing up, because I feel like I'm just I'm just reading and there's no there's no personality behind it. But, mm. yep. That's where I'm. That's where I'm leading. Um, I, you know, I can relate to that, Lucky. There, for a long time, I would over prepare for my shows um, when we were more structured. Once upon a time, believe it or not, especially when we were in the twos company, threes a podcast uh, arena, I would write out exactly what you just said. I would write a script for myself because I personally I struggle with stuttering at times. Like it comes out in my daily conversation. I work at it. And, uh, and there's also like, I have a, I don't, maybe like a piece of undiagnosed, um, Tourette's or something, because, uh, <laughs> it's like a, a running joke in my family where like, sometimes I'll be talking to the kids. I'll be talking to my wife and I get, it's like my mind gets lazy. I, I don't know how to explain it. Cause I've never really looked into it, but I'll, I'll, um, I'll be talking to them and say, Hey, you know, I'll tell my boy like, Hey, go pick up your, and then I might say refrigerator instead of 
go pick up your toys. Or I might, you know, <laughs> say, hey, go make sure that the, I, I don't know, make make sure the blankets are locked. You know, it's like, it, it'll, fu- like, I'll be fucked up for a second and I have to think about what the fuck am I trying to say? And then I'll say it. And it, and it happens enough throughout our daily life. It becomes a joke where, like, like my, my, my wife or my daughter, like, oh, okay, dad, we're going to go check the refrigerator. You know, like, the, you know, it's a joke, yeah, but yeah. it is something that I, I, it does happen. And, um, and, and that was one of the reasons that I have, I, I had in the past created a type of script for myself. So that way, if I got lost, I would look at my mini script and be like, okay, that's where I had to go. Um, I do that to an extent now. Everybody teases me about my pencil sharpening, but I create um, for my, my show, I create a kind of like cliff notes of what I want to talk about, my points I want to talk about, so that I never get into that territory. Because if you show weakness, especially in the weekly show, like they're like goddamn vultures, they'll jump all over you, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like these motherfuckers are crazy. So I, I never want to give them a, a reason to come down on me. They have more than enough already. So um, so I I, I kind of create these little these little bullet points, these little notes, cliff notes. Okay, these are the thoughts I have of what I want to talk about, and and it still sometimes happens. Like sometimes I'll I'll be saying something and then like the word doesn't quite match, and um, but but you know becomes a joke or. Or I can't quite think of that that word I'm really trying to to think of, and it and it comes out or it doesn't come out, and sometimes you can't hear it because I cut it because I don't want to look like a buffoon all the time. So you know, it's I, I completely I completely relate to you on that end. Yeah, and I'm not gonna stray away too far from my original format just just to be more real. I'm still gonna talk about the latest movies and and the latest questions that I throw out there, but um, I'm just gonna be. Uh, or try to be more real instead of just reading what I pre-wrote down, you know? Yeah. Um, let's see. We, I guess, I guess we can talk about, um, the dork dad questions. Uh, if you want to. That sounds like fun. Um, so, uh, for those who don't know, it is my birthday today. Um, and I had posted up question do you uh share a birthday with uh any celebrities right or any famous people hey hey uh, lucky lucky can i put you on real quick i'm sorry if you can mark this just uh, well, give me one second i'm sorry I apologize. Go ahead, i'm gonna mute you first i'm gonna mute you real quick oh. two hours later okay i'm sorry lucky you still recording yeah yeah okay um so you had mentioned that it is your birthday today, and it is tradition with the RLU when anybody has a birthday that we sing happy birthday to that individual. Okay. So, enough. <laughs> so in the spirit of the Dork Dad podcast, one Dork Dad to another, here's myself and my family singing happy birthday to you. So here we go. Ready? Elias. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lucky. Happy birthday to you. Oh, Elias, okay. Thanks, guys. That's beautiful. All right, all right. Sorry, man. I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt the flow, but I wanted to get in there somewhere. So that that was freaking beautiful, man. I appreciate that. All right. Um, I'm glad your family supports you like that. That's that's pretty awesome. My family's a bunch of haters. 
<laughs> is that right? Well, he's in his room again. Oh no! Yeah. Well, you know, we gotta have our we gotta have our um our time, right? We have to have a way to the, the Thursday release. nights. A release, yeah. Thursday nights for me is is my time. This is Daddy's time. Everybody knows that. Um, daddy's recording doors closed. He's in record st- uh, status and, um, and everybody shows as much respect as they can. I got little kids and it's rough because my boy, sometimes he don't go to sleep till like nine eight at night and I'm recording an hour into the show and he might be running up and down, uh, the hallway. He might be, you know, screaming at the dog cause the dog's fucking biting his ankles, like all that, you know, or yeah. my, my wife and my daughter having a, a disagreement or something. But for the most part, I mean, um, my whole career, quote unquote, with the podcasting world, um, I've, I've always had a lot of support and, um, and shown me the respect that, um, that you really need to, to, to be, um, to be, to express your, your artistic side. Because what yeah. we're doing is we're, we're creating something. We're, we're creators. And some people create with pens and pencils and paints. Others create with, you know, the written word. Like, we're creating entertainment at, at, at some level. And uh, that's, that's all due to this kind of need inside of us to express. And, um, and that has to be nurtured. That has to be supported. And, uh, and you know, you're, you know, you have older kids, right? Like, what, what's your oldest kid? Is She's, what, 16? My my oldest son is sixteen, and my daughter's sixteen, fifteen, fifty. Oh, see there, you yeah, that's the prime oh. age where they don't give a fuck about you, you they know. Like <laughs> they, <don't. laughs> they do their own you thing, know? right? The only one yes. that hangs on is is my ten uh, year old. Yeah, yeah. You know, he still believes in Santa, so we're I'm trying to still hold on to that for this that's year. That's a rough one, man. I got a ten year old too, and that those. Every time it's brought up, I'm not going to say it because she's within earshot, but every time it's brought up, it's um, my wife and I look at each other like, fuck, like, when is this going to drop? You know, like, ugh. Tell my kids, don't say nothing. Shut up. Yeah, yeah shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> don't you say nothing. <laughs> yeah, but don't take the magic I mean, away from them. That support is awesome. I mean, I'm not saying my family doesn't support me, but um, oh, of course not. Of just course not. just yeah. going along what I was saying earlier is just this whole. Um, trying too hard and mm-hmm. I felt myself um, um, just kind of like always on my phone, like always looking up stuff to to report on or trying to make a funny picture, trying to trying to create content. And that's kind of the reason why I haven't recorded in, in a couple of weeks because I've been trying to uh, slim down, trying to rethink about um, what do I want to do? I'm spending too much time trying to make stuff then instead of just actually concentrating on the show. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, um, in my opinion, or at least my experience, the bane of my existence on the, this side of things, um, is any type of social media. I, I, I hate that part of it. I, I have, I take no pleasure out of it. Um, it, it's just a chore. Like I'm not, I'm not a great social media guy. The right. only following I even have is because of my toy photography, and I haven't done that in like six months. And then before that was another six months. Before that was a year. You know, like that's the only following that I organically built was through that. The the show stuff, it's like I recognize we have to do that. You have to have a presence somewhere. I just don't want to be the one doing it. 
so like you have to have a team and and it's it's rough it's rough to when you first find people everybody is gung-ho but then that kind of energy fades like anything and then you're kind of back at square one and that that uh i i feel you man it's 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 a lot it's a lot to be the creative you know backbone and then also do all of the administrative stuff you know like that's it just burns you out like that burns me out way faster than anything and um it's funny if i go back to that uh, joe rogan interview when he was talking about no he doesn't do all that stuff he goes no i got people for that um yeah and i was thinking i was thinking to you i was like fuck and rich he's like i'm gonna let dario and fucking (laughs) keenan do all that shit i don't have to do all that but uh yeah man i mean because i one thing i can say about my man keenan one thing i can say about dario i mean everybody you know from across all shows one thing that they all have in common is they all want to suck dario off at any given (laughs) moment right but he deserves it dario's a good person he's a good guy and he's one of these rare entities that want to see their friends succeed it's very rare and uh when you meet a person like that we're all attracted to it and uh and 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 he's a dude that will run himself thin he will say look i'm gonna do for the weekly i want to do for the toy migos I want to do for who will survive. I want to do for the entirety of the network. And what ends up happening is it's a it's one individual, and he's spreading himself too thin, and we're all taking too much advantage of him. And he had to take time away from it for a while. And uh, you know that's that's where teams come in. That's my vision of the RLU social side of things. I want to have an actual team in place, so when my man Keenan or Dario can't do it, somebody else falls into the folds and, and picks up the slack. And then I try, I, I do try, but it's very it is very difficult and time-consuming, yeah. and um, and then if you don't have a love for it, it's a chore. Like I don't have a love for that. That's not something that turns me on. I ooh, I can't wait to post this piece of news, or I can't wait to you know repost this meme, or you know whatever it is. I can't wait to get on the mic and tell you my thoughts. That's that's the shit that excites me. Yeah. So before I was uh, part of the network, like you know, like you said, Dario was cool. He 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 uh, send me trailers or videos and stuff to post and um and i got it i got kind of worked up i was like man i'm gonna try to get this stuff before he does and send it to him and i was like <laughs> I was wasting a lot of time and uh and effort but yeah dario it was great Dario was great um so back back to the birthdays right where i was yes um i don't know if you want to share uh anything but do you know if you have any share a birthday with any celebrities I know you commented oh, yeah. that uh, that some guy named Rich uh, shared your birthday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Alison Estro shares my my birthday. Um, also, another uh, celebrity of sorts, my man Toy Addict Twenty Six George shares the exact same birthday as myself. Nice. Um, Diana Ross, I share a birthday with Diana Ross. Nice. Um, I have Kira Knightley. All right. Sexy. Kira Knightley, Steven Tyler, the sexy Steven Tyler. Uh, we <laughs> let's see. Is there anybody else of note? I think that's about it. Those are the big names on the twenty sixth. Oh shit! I should probably should say the, the actual date, huh? Oh. <laughs> well, I guess if they look it up, they know anyways, huh? All right. Yeah. So yeah, those those are the uh, one to share. Um, oh, to oh see- wait, hold one more, one more near and dear to my heart. I didn't even realize that this is awesome. Uh, Leonard Nimoy. R.I.P. Leonard Nim- Nimoy, Spock from Star Trek. Trek. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, what about you? Uh, me, me personally. 
Yeah. Uh, I got some. I got some good ones. Uh-oh. Um, RuPaul. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, for real. I got, I got some good ones. Uh, Lauren Michaels. Um, Rachel McAdams, even though I hate her. For some reason, oh. I hate her. Did you see The Notebook? No. No. Oh. I don't know why. It's like, um, after like Mean Girls, for some reason, I had it in my head that she's a bitch. And I was like, I don't want to see anything that girl's in. What did you what did you think of her in uh, Doc Strange? Um well I mean I like her now, but Okay. Yeah. You're good you're good with her now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um some other a couple other ones. Uh Martin Scorsese I share a birthday with. Ooh, that's a great one. Even though he thinks all of our movies we fall in love with are trash, it's still yeah. a great one to have. <laughs> um and my favorite national treasure, I share a birthday with Danny DeVito. Oh, dude, that is a great one. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck you, man. I want that birthday now. That's a great-ass birthday. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Anytime anybody brings up anything with Danny DeVito, my you know, like, you have pictures in your head when you're talking, or at least I do. I have, like, movies in my head playing all the time as we're having conversations. I visualize Danny DeVito all greased up coming out of that fucking couch. You know, like, that's the only thing. <laughs> that's my point, too. <laughs> What's your uh, what's your favorite uh, Danny DeVito movie? Oh my if, god! If you had one, fuck man. Okay, well, okay. The easy one is Twins, right? But I would say Throw Mama, Throw Mama from the Train, because he plays deranged, really fun, you know. Yeah. Because um, if anybody else was in that role, it can seem scary. But there's something so goddamn endearing about Danny DeVito. Um. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I'd be comfortable saying "Throw Mama." I think that that'd be the best uh, Danny DeVito for me. I have this weird. Um, I don't know if it's weird, but I, I love Renaissance Man for some reason. Oh yeah, sh- dude. Sure. I mean, say a bad one. I mean, that that's yeah. probably the, the harder question. Yeah, for some reason, that's that's my favorite. Uh, yeah, just the people I had in there, you know, young Marky Mark, you know. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> yeah, the homeboy from Bronx Tale. Forget his name. Oh, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know yeah. you're talking about. To me, that's a great movie. Um, but anyways, let's see what um, Augustine Garcia, eleven ninety, Augie. Yes, sir. Uh, he shares a birthday with Joe Rogan. And he says, motherfucking Hulk Hogan. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Man, I don't know. Hogan, I love Hogan from the, when I grew up, right? Obviously, we all grew up on um, WWF. F, yes. Um, and I don't know, man. When he was all in the mix with that whole Bubba the Love Sponge and the swinging with, his, with his, their wives and then the whole video that came out where he's saying the N-word and all that... Then his, his fucking son killing a dude and they try to put that on the back burner and try to downplay it. Like all that shit, man. Like it, it really left me um, feeling a certain type of way for Hogan. You know, it's like there's only so much the nostalgia points buys with me. Um, I mean, it's happened with a, a lot of like Mel Gibson. It's happened with me. For yeah, Mel yeah. B- Gibson, how he behaved. Uh, happened with me, obviously, with Bill Cosby. That was a hard one. That was a fucking hard one to really <laughs> sink my teeth into and accept it. Um, but yeah, yeah, sure. 
Uh, so it's it's like it's kind of like that with Hogan. It's like as much as I love Hogan from my kid, uh, my childhood, it's just he feels like a hillbilly piece of shit to me now. You know, so. And <laughs> I haven't watched wrestling since it was WWF, but no, my favorite would always was always uh, Brutus the Barber. Oh yes, which, Beefcake, <laughs> which is crazy. He cut a motherfucker's hair off. I mean, what was that? Yeah. Just some crazy eighty stuff. Yeah, man, all those characters that we had, Rod- Roddy Piper, um, the Iron Sheik, you can't do that shit now. You can't nah. do Iron Sheik now. No way. Fucking way can you do that. Um, we we were watching uh, WWE as a family here and there. I grew up on WWF. Um, I used to take my, my, my kid brother to go see the um, when, when it got really into the Attitude Era with um, DX and... Um, Stone Cold and The Rock when it was in its heyday, right? Like that was probably arguably the the brightest it's ever shown. And um, and then I fell out of wrestling for a while. My daughter, um, because of my cousin's girlfriend, my cousin's girlfriend, she uh, she used to wrestle in Japan, so that sparked an interest for wrestling. And then I started showing her here and there. Uh, we watched one of the events, and uh, and then now we're we're trying to do this. Now that SmackDown is on uh, Fridays, we try to. We've seen, I think, about two or three of them now. We're not watching it consistent, um, but I, it, the world is being exposed to her. And my son fucking loves wrestling. Like every time it's on, he's wrestling our dog on the on the sofa. You know, he's just he's cr- my, my kid's crazy. He's he's fucking he's gonna kill somebody before he's fucking ten. I'm gonna tell you. Right now. Did you see that movie? Um fighting with my family no based off of uh page right page, um, yeah. yeah 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 not yet no i thought it was, was good pretty, yeah i thought it was pretty good it's it's worth your watch okay mm-hmm. let's see sarlacc digest you might i don't know who this is it's just from the sarlacc digest is uh the, his wife shares a birthday with george lucas i don't know if you know who that is Ah, oh, George Lucas, not 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 familiar. Did he make Star Trek? Huh? Might have been Star Trek. He might have done Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> um, see who else on Instagram? JRU Toys says Britney Spears, Lucy Liu, and Gianni Versace. All right, Lucy Liu, that's, that's a good one. That's a hot one. Mm, yeah. <laughs> She's old too, right? Isn't she up there? Yes, she's in my list, son. Yes, oh, 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 we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Uh, all right. Uh, um, what else we got here? Um, I got one of one of my local guys who has a where I usually get my comics, uh, Invincible Comics, and more on Instagram. Uh, Chris says that I might be jealous, but he shares a birthday with Adam Sandler. Yeah, I am jealous. That's yeah, a good one. How are you on Adam Sandler? He's he's one of my my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, Adam Sandler's. I like Adam Sandler in his um, more of his dramatic roles than anything. Um, I mean, his his early work in comedy is is obviously classic, but um, I think it was Rain Over Me, right? I think that's what it's called. It's where oh, he loses his his family in the nine eleven attacks with Don Cheadle. With Cheadle, yeah. man, like there's a scene in there. It's a great, it's a good movie. Like that is a hundred percent worth your watch. One of one of my favorite, like top one hundred movies, like for sure, is easily. And um, 
there's a scene very specifically because of this um, this performance when uh, his his um, had his his in laws are taking him to court for God. I can't remember why, um, but they they want something from him. I forget what it is. I don't know if it's the house, if it's if it's it's like the 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 his family's um um what whatever inheritance. No, not inheritance, but like just like whatever they have, like their clothes or their 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 toys, and it's something like that. I, I'm I'm not doing this movie justice, but they had taken him to court for something regarding his family, and and uh, he's really just toned out of the world. He's he's off. He's off grid. He's somebody that's just like I lost everything. I lost my world, and uh, and now I am in this this kind of prison of my own making. I'm shutting everybody off. I don't want to have any feelings, and he literally tunes people out. He puts headphones on. He, you know, I'm not hearing you, kind of thing. They take him to court. In the court scene, they're they're attacking his character, saying like it's like you don't even care that you lost, you don't lo- that you lost your family. Like you, you you're not showing anything to us. And everybody deals with grief differently. And this is a great uh, examination of that, a, re- a great study of that, because he breaks out on the stand. He's like, you think. That I don't care. The problem is I care too damn much. Like I see, I see the, I see my wife in women that are I'm passing by on the street. I see my kids and kids on the playground. I, I even see them in the fucking dog, you know. And he's 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 saying he's doing this in such a way that he's delivering this line because you know Adam Sandler is this kind of this comedic performer, this guy that seems happy and he's great at doing those performances. But when something about a sad clown, man, and 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 he's breaking down. And he has like that half smile on his face as he's like releasing. He's letting all this poison finally come out. It was just such a human and believable moment that I'm like, this guy's a fucking star, man. Like he should always be doing this to find that performance in himself. It, it just like me telling you guys it. I know I didn't do anything for you because you're like, what the fuck is Rich talking about? But me remembering it, like I'm chilling, getting chills up my own spine, remembering it because it was so powerful to me uh, watching it. So, yeah, man, he's he's great. I, I I'm a big fan. Of Adam Sandler for sure. Kind of interested to see. Have you seen the trailer for that Uncut Gems? Mm. Yo, where he plays like the old mobster Jewish yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, that's gonna be great, man. He, yeah, they show him with like hookers and blow and shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's like gambling, it's yeah. fucking taking money from the mafia. All that's super interesting. I yeah, I'm right there with you on that. Definitely want to see that. See, we got the kid, Urban Spidey. He says quite a few famous people. He says Linda Carter, Emily Bett, hmm. Ricks. I don't know. I don't know what that he is. Says, he says Felicity on Arrow, whatever that is. I don't that sounds like a millennial thing. Yeah. Uh, Amelia Earhart and hmm. Steve Irwin's daughter, Bindi. Okay. Bindi. Anytime I hear, so I'm a Howard Stern fan, right? So if you're a Howard Stern fan, you know that uh, my man um, Godfrey, um, what's his name? Godfrey, Godfrey, Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey is a is a a guest that comes in here and there, and it's always gold when he comes into the Howard Stern show. And <laughs> a little bit after, not even a little bit, a while after uh, Steve Irwin passed away, Bindi Irwin, she started becoming mature, and he would always do these jokes about Bindi. And I always hear uh, Gilbert Goffrey's um, voice in my head when anybody brings up Bindi. 
and because of how he would do it he would do it in such a fucking annoying that richard uh that gilbert Gottfried annoying voice and <sighs> just hey bendy how would you like to bend on this oh he would do like that like he was doing a mock uh goddamn andrew dice clay but in a gilbert Gottfried like inappropriate joke you know <laughs> it's always in my head uh, I digress. I'm sorry. I'm derailing your show. Um, my, 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 my bad. No, my wife can't stand that dude. I just avoid no, yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it for for birthdays. Um, yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about it or just save it for your show, but what do you think about these two episodes of The Mandalorian, man? So we did talk about it on the weekly show. I'm just uh, I haven't got around to publishing it yet. Uh, you can look for it, um, but I don't know when you're publishing this. But it, by the time you hear this, you'll hear ours uh, in, interpretation of the Mandalorian. Um, it, man, bro, I mean, <laughs> this is what I want Star Wars to be. Like I've always wanted it to be, to be this, this gritty, this serialized telling, and um, I think the way that Disney plus decided to not be like Netflix and drop everything all at once, giving it to us on a weekly basis. Um, I think it's inspired. It's working. I think, I think so. Yeah. Because it it gives us that water cooler talk that is always missing. Um, when you have those, those binge moments, if we would have got it all, we would have been done talking about it already. Dario brought that up when we talked about, um, in the past, when we had talked about, uh, binging versus because there are still um, streaming services that offer weekly releases. So now, obviously, Disney Plus is becoming one of those. But Hulu did that. Um, Prime did that. Um, if you subscribe to HBO Now, HBO Now is obviously HBO, so it does that. Um, and then Netflix was playing with the idea of doing that for some of their content. And I'm in the mindset of, you know, drop everything on me. And let me determine if I'm going to binge it all at once or if I'm going to watch it week to week or every other day, whatever it is, if that was how you got me. Netflix got me like that. The part, the the attraction of Netflix is I know a Netflix property is going to drop all at once and I'll watch it at my leisure. Right. Disney Plus, we know the rules with Disney Plus and they're saying we're going to do it every week and I enjoy it. They build for that. They build so that you have a week in between shows it's not like cliffhanger, and I need to know exactly what happens the moment it happens. The The first episode was so feeling. Like, I felt, even though it was like 40 minutes or something, I yeah. felt fulfilled watching it. It felt like, did we just watch a fucking movie? And it's like, wow, it's already over? Yeah. And, uh, and I felt good for it. Like, I wasn't like, man, I really need to see this. I don't feel complete until I see the next episode. I was more like, I can't wait to see the next episode and see what more they're going to give me. So it was like a different feeling. It was a positive feeling. And um, and just, just this world that we're discovering, how many worlds we've been to already uh, in a fucking TV show, how yeah, yeah. great it looks. It looks so good, man. I mean, the CGI is great. There's moments it's shaky, but for the most part, it's really great. Um, this new Yoda species character, obviously kind of introducing the idea of like a wolf and cub um, type of yeah. storytelling. Dude, I'm a fucking. This is an a fucking plus, bro. This is something that I am absolutely. I am That's, willing to pay that Disney Plus price for this for for just this. If you weren't already hooked, you know, just having Mandalorian or Mandalorian uh, people 
that baby Yoda, man. That's that's got people hooked. Like my youngest, he I kept telling him, "Hey, let's watch the show," and he was like, "Nah, I don't want to see that." Right. And then I was like, "I don't want to spoil it," but I showed him the baby Yoda, and he was like, "Oh, I want to see it. I want to see it." Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm already waiting uh, for the toys. Right. You know, we're gonna get uh, baby Yoda plush, baby Yoda backpacks, everything, all that stuff. I mean, that's Disney. I mean, they did it with Baby Groot. I mean, you always see when Disney gets their their four fingers into a property, and it's like that's the Disney the Disneyfication of what they're doing with the Star Wars universe. They're trying to make everything cutesy. They did it with the Porgs. They're doing yeah. it with Baby Yoda now. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's blatant. I think it works in this um, interpretation. It, it makes sense. You have this gritty, rough Mandalorian coming from a really, you know, tough underworld, protecting this cutesy fifty year old baby. You know, so. Um, uh, yeah, man, it's working on me. I, it's it's fucking amazing. They they're exploring shit that we have never seen. We've never been inside of a Jawa, um, whatever that fucking thing is called, that big old tank. We've never yeah, seen yeah. the inside really. There, he's in the cockpit. Yeah. You know, like it's head and shit. shit. <laughs> yeah, this this is really amazing, dude. It's really fucking amazing. I'm so happy that um, I'm so happy that we're in a time where something like this can be realized. Because if you rewind the clock 10 years from uh, ago, we wouldn't have this. It, it wouldn't be this. It would be in a different format that wouldn't work. Um, it, it, if it was like, say, TV. If it was on like CB, CBS. Or, or For a while, Lucas was playing with getting uh, some type of serial on TV for the Jedis. And it was going to be with AMC. Then it was talks of going to um, regular broadcasts. And it never came into anything. And, and I think that we would have been none the better for it if it did this is the way it should have been it should be in this format and and that way we can uh we can be geeked out on it binge it if we want to when they all uh, they all kind of drop eventually in the next eight weeks um or we could watch it week to week and uh we can take it with us i can watch it on, on my sushi breaks for lunch i can watch it with my family when i get home and uh it's this is the way this is the way it's supposed to be this is the way we should take in all media i, I love it i love this it's a great show. Um, I do have one question, or at least see what you think. It might change once the season's over, see where the series goes. But um, when people have mentioned uh, the Obi-Wan series, right? Oh, yeah. Not as you, you said you're not as excited because we know nothing's going to happen, right? We know um, nothing's going to happen to Obi-Wan, right? Mm -hmm. There's no... Um, there's no thrill. There's no threat, right? Right. With this, with this series being in between Return of the Jedi and um, Force Awakens, when you think about it, do you feel the same way with everything that we're seeing? This Baby Yoda is not going to have any effect on on what happens later on because we don't see it later on. Okay. I mean, I can argue that because one problem I have with the cinematic universe, and I think that they're remedying with the um, rise of Skywalker. They're finishing the story that they that us essentially Lucas set out to to do when he was a kid all, all those years ago to make twelve, which became nine, which became six, you know, uh, episodes, and then oh, well, eventually it was three. And he never knew he was going to do the prequels. So um, 
it's it's finishing and putting a period at the end of the sentence for this story of Skywalker. The problem I've had with the cinema um, story is that everything is too close. It's it's this galaxy being far far away is so close to everything. I, I want to experience the galaxy, and whatever's happening in one end of the galaxy, the other end shouldn't know about. You know, just like there's shit that's happening in Europe that I don't fucking follow or know about. Or there's some kid in Africa that's going through his trials and tribulations. How would I have any interaction or know of that? You know, it, it, that's how it should work. It should be removed and isolated. Being Again, that every, it's everybody knows the Skywalkers and everybody knows what's going on, right? It's exactly. And, and, and also there's relationships that exist pre and post. And it's like, that's not fucking real. That's not how it works, you know? And um, so I think that with this baby, whatever this baby Yoda becomes, because obviously it's not Yoda, but whatever it becomes, we, we don't know the, I, I learned this from Chris from the Sarlacc Digest and Hot Topic, that Yoda's species doesn't have a name. So that's why everybody's referring to it as a baby Yoda. Um, right. And it, and it obviously, I mean, it, it has its own kind of, unique um appearance like with its little frowned mouth all the time like <laughs> that shit fucking kills me man so uh yeah the um i hope that whatever transpires here just is its own tale that this is just this, this is what happens with the mandalorian and how he becomes an anti-hero or a hero or how he makes a sacrifice and and it leads into another story or maybe baby yoda doesn't move past being a baby maybe there's something that happens to that baby but for a reason, uh, maybe we see a grown Baby Yoda in the sequel streaming trilogy series or whatever it's going to come past the rise of Skywalker, um, and and you know we have reference to that. It, it just that's what my hopes are. I, I want this to be a grander universe than it's ever been, and it looks like it's on track for that for what moves they're making. One thing I found interesting is that. Um... When he hit, did the whole Jedi thing, right? He stopped the Rhino or whatever that was. Yeah. Um, the Mandalorian didn't know what that was, right? Meaning he didn't realize or he doesn't know. Does he not know what Jedis are? Or maybe he does not know they have that type of power. You know what I mean? I mean, Jedis have to be known, right? Oh, I, I hear what you're saying. Um. Maybe that's a Excuse question me. for like, but <laughs> I think that it was um I think it wasn't like a surprise, like what is this? I think it was more of like a taken aback, like, oh, you have powers? I don't know if a Yoda um because think about this. The Yoda species is is almost if not endangered, because there was only we've only been experienced to Yoda and Yaddle from the prequel series. So mm. maybe this is something that's like, I recognize you as a baby. You look like a baby to me. I thought you were 50 years old. You look like a baby to me. So I'm not cool with killing a baby. And maybe that it's, it just is just that to him. And then all of a sudden, it's like this little baby can fucking use the force. I don't think the force at this point in time is this mythical thing that it that we learn about in A New Hope. Because in A New Hope, it's like, ah, that's for the, the wizard tricks are for, you know, fairy tales and shit or whatever Han says. You know, they, it's something that people don't uh, relate to any longer because it, it's they they have disdain for the jedi by the time we pick up to luke's story um uh, because of what anakin the the shame that he brought to the jedis 
the way the Jedi's ran shit and failed, and they were supposed to be the police of the galaxy, and they fucking failed at their jobs and their pussy. Oh shit! I didn't want to say. God damn it! That's a, <laughs> it's my show. It's your show, so I can right. Yeah. And they're a bunch of uh, fucking you know sauce because here they are. Um, the the moment that they see they they met, they hit adversity of of some kind, they fucking run away. They run. Yoda runs into isolate. I fucked up. I couldn't fight the Emperor, so I, I must put myself in isolation. Obi Wan does the same shit essentially. Um, so I don't know, man. It's and then obviously there's Jedi that scattered after um, um, after the end of three. So it's it's in their uh, their DNA to to just scatter and, and hide like cockroaches. So I can see how the universe can have uh, or the galaxy can have disdain for these people that were. At, at one point in time entrusted with our protection of the galaxy and you failed at it and you, you acted like a bunch of, uh, you know, P words and, uh, and, 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 <laughs> and not believing your old religion because there's nobody to represent that religion anymore. There's been a generation. Think about that, man. Like think about the generation of that's coming up behind us and just how um, skewed their mindset or, or their view of what we grew up on is. And, you know, it's, we're only talking about a couple decades at most. That's essentially what we're looking at with the um, the prequel trilogy to the the OT trilogy, and um, yeah. So I I don't think the because it's only been like two to five years or something like that for Mandalorian since the fall of the Empire. So I don't think there's enough time to forget about Jedi to like oh this is this isn't real. That's all magic tricks. I think it's just this was a baby, and it's like astonishing to see a baby do some crazy ass shit. I'm sorry, I get long winded, bro. You gotta you gotta rein me in. I, I no, I'm used man. to talking at length too long. No, this is this is what I want. Um, like I said, I plan on bringing on more guests and just kind of having this kind of conversation. Yes, sir. But um, yeah. What do you think about the length though? I, that first one, okay, forty minutes. I thought they were all going to be about forty minutes. That second epi- episode was quick. Yeah, but I don't think I don't. I mean, do you really feel it while you're watching it? Do you feel like it ends? It's like, oh, man, that was too short. Like, did, did you have that reaction? No, no, I mean, I didn't. But it just afterward, just like, really, that was only 30 minutes, you know? Yeah, I got so, you. I, I, I can hear that. I can hear that. But while I'm watching it and experiencing it, I'm not paying attention to the clock. And that and that's not easy to do, man. Like, it's it's not yeah. like I'm looking at it and being like, credits already. I'm looking at it like, man, this is so good. Like as soon as episode two ended, um, or chapter two ended, I was just like, that's that's fucking amazing. Because look at what they just fucking showed us. Like how much we saw of that world, you know, yeah. and just these characters that we instantly love now. The Nick Nolte, I have spoken, dude. Like <laughs> fucking a man. <laughs> like th- this is that's so the, rich, bro. That's the new thing to say. I have spoken. Yeah. Hey, go clean up your room. Pick up them Legos. I have spoken. All right. I was, t- I was telling my wife that. I was like, I'm gonna start telling you that I have spoken. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what are you gonna? What do you say to that, man? Let some <laughs> dude tell you. Hey, I have spoken. All right. Oh shit. I guess. All right, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like after two episodes, that and the whole uh, self-destruct thing with idealism. Yes. How is this? How has this guy been a bounty hunter when he gives up every five minutes? Chris brought up something <laughs> super interesting, bro. Yeah, I love that. I love that personality trait they gave the IG Eleven. But um, he brought up something very, very, very interesting. 
So we only know that he's an IG unit. Okay, right. we did, we never heard IG eleven come out of uh, the Mandalorian's mouth or or anything that's been spoken on the um, on the on the streaming show. Right. And so we, we were we were kind of content or theory crafting to to borrow from the Sarlacc Digest. Like, could this mean that maybe that's not necessarily IG eleven? Maybe that is his entity because we see him die, obviously, right? Or or at least it appears that he's dead. But maybe he's transferred in, into another body because he's a robot. Maybe, yeah, yeah. So maybe that was IG ten, and we're gonna meet IG eleven in a little bit, you know, because he's heavily in the marketing of this show. His right. image is right there next to the Mandalorian. So for him to have ended in the first episode, to have my man, um, what is his name, Taiwan Taliki? I can't ever take away. Yes, to have that dude be casted as the voice and then just throw him away after the first 40 minutes, that doesn't seem right either. Like, that doesn't seem like that's... It, this ain't a Drew Barrymore situation, you know? Because you kind of have to know that's his voice. Would you be disappointed if he doesn't come back? No. I mean, I'll be fine with it. Maybe there. that's just... Uh, here's a Star Wars fan that just wanted to be some part of the Star Wars universe. We had that with the, um, the comedian that was the taxi driver in the first episode as well. Yeah. Where... Uh, you know, there's just little cameos, and you can appreciate that, and uh, that people just want to be tied to it. They just want to have some kind of uh, partnership with it, and and some type of, you know, legacy with this universe. And I'm I get. Sure, I mean, if, if I'm sure we'll see a lot of uh, John Favreau's friends in the show. Yeah, man. Like if if uh, John Favreau came over to to me and is like, hey, uh, you know, we we got a spot for somebody in the RLU. You know, you damn sure I'm gonna bring like Ernie. And let him be like a fucking uh, a Jawa, or let him be a, a voice of a I don't know, like one of these motherfucking uh, uh, Mandalorians in the background, you know, just cleaning his 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 rifle, and he's just saying some Mandalorian speak or something in the background. You know what I'm saying? Like it, I, I it, it doesn't matter what it is. If we're such fans of this universe that we would jump at whatever it is. You want me to clean the fucking um, the back tube uh, or whatever? What do they call? It? I think it's called the back tube, where they show a toilet. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'll be the dude just clean, unclogging the back tube, you know, and I just fucking <laughs> wearing a wearing a prosthetic of like three noses or something, you know, I'll be all good. I don't care. And I think that's kind of what that is. Like, if it turns out that IG Eleven was one and done, I, I would understand why. Like, yeah, you just want to be a part of it. Star Wars, of course. He's speaking of uh, um, John Favreau. Have you seen the movie The uh, Chef, where he has a food truck? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was like a dramedy or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, wait, 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 no. Are you talking about the movie? The movie. Wait, it's like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. He's got a food truck, and he, it's like he's trying to make good with his kid. And, but anyways, um, I saw this show on Netflix. I guess it's been out for a while, but I just recently saw it. it's called The Chef Show, and it's got John Favreau. And the guy that I guess showed him how to cook for that movie. And they're just going around different places, friends that they know. And it's essentially a cooking show. But it's not like, oh, we put two cups of this or we do. It's, it's like it's more candid. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, it's a pretty interesting watch. Um, but there's an episode where he goes to Skywalker Ranch and he's got... Um, Filoni uh, cooking with him and 
and they're there talking about Clone Wars and and stuff like that. And I just I just thought it was interesting. So it's it might be worth your watch if you want to watch cooking show. Oh, so oh, so it's like a TV sh- like an interview show. Yeah, it's on it's on Netflix. It's not it's like I said, it's more mm-hmm. candid. It's like there's not really a beginning or ending. It's just like the cameras rolling on them. You know, it's not I like, like they they're not breaking the fourth wall like cooking shows. Like oh, you know what I mean? It's just it's again kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier to, in this conversation. Is given an excuse to kind of have that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, with uh, in regards to something like that, I, I, I recently discovered, I know I'm, I'm late to the party, but there's a show called Now We Feast. Um, I, I found it on, it, it, it was on YouTube, I think, is where I found it. Oh, no, Facebook first, and then I went to YouTube and started watching them, the back catalog. And it's where this dude has celebrities come on and try different hot sauces on chicken wings. Yeah, yeah. And, um, the hot ones? Yeah. Hot ones. Yo, I this dude is, one, it's just an inspired choice to have a celebrity come onto your show in that manner, to have the excuse to have the conversation, but it really breaks it down to become conversational because they're, it's, it's almost like a type of a game show um, where you're, you're starting from one end to another and you're trying to see, you're testing your metal to see if I'm going to be able to make it to that hot one and, uh, and able to do it. And then how it breaks down a lot of that facade, a lot of that mask that we all carry yeah. around because you get to the real person because now they're off, their game yeah. because now they, i'm dealing with this heat they can't even think right they're just yeah up. So, so, so so many some, great ideas that way some of those people and they take it like a champ and then there's some they can't take it at all like i was surprised did you see gordon ramsay like he oh was, dude he was wimping out early on yo he had early. his own shit <laughs> he had to stop the cameras and shit. I, when I saw that, I'm like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" Yeah, but there's some that took it like champ. Like my boy Paul Rudd. Did you see that one? I saw that one, but the the go to is Shia LaBeouf. That dude. I don't he know. He has one. Oh, bro, watch that as soon as we're done recording, because that he you want to talk about just handling. That's a. I don't know when Shia LaBeouf became a man's fucking man. He's like a. Um, he reminds me very much of uh, Bernthal, John Bernthal. Like he very much possesses that aura of him now, and it's so weird to see it on Shia. But uh, but he presents that. He feels like a dude that was like a recovery. This is what I, I kind of feel like. It's like Shia LaBeouf was a drug addict, and then he went through like he went through recovery, and he's seen some shit, and he's he's had some ghosts in his fucking past, and now he's like reborn, and and he's he's like that that steadied soul that lived through some, some wild shit. And that's kind of the aura he presents now. Um, he just has a hard life face now. And, and, and he's eating this chicken wings, like a goddamn fucking boss son, like serious. Like he's, he's, he's like, so you don't have to put the wing sauce on the wings. You, you don't have to do that. They do that for you already. It's, ba- it's yeah. already created. This uh-huh. motherfucker's getting every along the path. Cause there's like 12 of them. Right. He's putting the wing sauce on top. Like, Yes. Oh. Yes. And then he's like deep throwing it. He's like trying to eat all of it off. Just so you don't think he's uh you know, that he's not a uh I don't know, a fucking butch, you know, like he's he's doing it. It's like you can't argue with it. You just showed it to us, man. And he ain't running to the bathroom like Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> I mean I, he don't I even know. touch the milk. He don't even touch the milk. 
I know there's people that shit on that dude, but I, I like Shia. I do too. I do too. I've liked him a long time. I've like I think he's great. Even when he was on Kingdom Crystal Skull or whatever that shit was for Indiana Jones, I was still on board with him. Like fuck it, let me see what my man can do. Stop judging him. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Want to get into um. What we've been wanting to talk about for a while, or at least what I've been wanting to talk about. Yes, sir. I'm I'm prepped. I did my homework, so <laughs> I know you asked you asked for a certain number, and I have uh, some spillover just in case. All right, me too. Um, right. So I've been uh, I've been wanting to do this for a while. My original thought was um, maybe have a few people on and do like a um, uh, boys with their toy style. I don't know if you still listen to them. They always do like a tournament, like bracket style. Um, and get down to a number one. Mm. But this whole thing started, well, I guess I should say it. This whole thing started, I posted up um, a picture of Salma Hayek on the set of, um, the hell was that movie? Uh, the Bodyguard something. Um, and it got like a shitload of um, likes. And I was just playing around with the idea of we should do a show talking about who are the hottest women at least over 50 and I know you you love the older ladies and oh, I, just, yes, sir. I wanted to see what, what you thought so um, I, asked, I asked for five but we'll see where it goes what I thought about these thoughts yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah. what what you got for a number five? I guess. Oh man, I didn't put them in order like that. Oh, um, well, just 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 ring them off. Then. Okay, I'll give you. Um, I'll oh, start oh, from four. young. Okay, I'll start from my, my. I'll start with mine being the youngest of the bunch. Okay, right. so uh, the youngest of the bunch I have is Lucy Liu at fifty. Lucy Liu. Let me look at Google. What does Google say? Or actually, Alexa, how old is Lucy Liu? 50 years old, son. I, I think my Alexa's too low to hear it, but. Uh, shut up. Alexa, stop. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you yeah, multiple, 50 years old. Do you have multiple um, Alexas in your house? Yes. I do. I do have. Uh, I have her everywhere. She's uh, so. I have a Sonos system throughout the house, and so she's built into the Sonoses. So I just have to talk to the speakers, and then she'll come I on. That, I think it's great because, like, if my kids are upstairs, I'll just drop in on on theirs in their room and get your ass down here. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have to you yell. Know, I know the government's listening to us, and you know I have the ones also the standalones or the actual true. Um, units not the sonos ones i don't want to say the name because she'll come on again and uh and with the cameras on it and the little screen so i have those i have one in my bathroom i have one in uh <laughs> but i turn the camera off <laughs> i turn the camera off just in case that's what i like about it too is like you can Eric, physically and be like oh shit what's going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh you know I, I know it's we're sacrificing some of our our um our privacy obviously but you know, I, I don't know, man. There's something about the ease of just being able to ask it anything I want or check my calendar or order something for me. Who's at the front door? You know, because we have the cameras throughout the house, too. So at it's... the doorbell. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's it, and the thing is, again, it's easy. That's the trick for technology, man. Make it easy and people make it easy and sexy, you're it's a home run. You know, and that's that's kind of what all this shit is. All right. So yes, Lucy right. Lou, fifty years old. What um uh, what movie or what, what got you to to be like, man, Lucy Lou? Fuck. Payback. I think Payback with Mel Gibson. <clears throat> um Charlie's Angels. Probably oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, that that's another one. It's either one of those two movies. I can't remember what really got me on the on the Lucy Lou train, but I've been on it ever since I boarded. Me too. Kill Bill and this that's just hot. Just when she's yeah. <laughs> that's just dominant, you know what I mean? That oh, yeah, that's what I like. Yeah. All right, let's see who's on my list. Um one that barely made it into, I guess. This year, uh, Jennifer Aniston at 50. Yeah, man, she's on my list as well. Um, 50. She just made it right. She just made it in. And of course, I mean, who, who didn't grow up on Friends or anything in pop culture in general and not have some type of crush, right? Yeah. It's definitely Friends, though, that did it. Um, Yo, and Horrible Bosses, when she plays like that dominatrix. Mm, mm, yes. <laughs> um, people, are, people are learning a little too much about us now. Yeah. <laughs> but, but she's blind, you know. Wait till we get into some other ones. Yeah. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, okay. So my next one will be, again, uh, 50. This is Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. So, um, she was in uh, Thor Ragnarok. 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 Yeah, there you go. Yeah, she plays. She plays Hella. Look, bro, she she's a very attractive woman, um, and uh, I know that she's probably not known for any type of um, I don't know, like sexy parts. You know that she's ever really played. Uh, she's more kind of a, a serious actor, but her in Ragnarok in the Hella garb. Especially the way that she was kind of sauntering around, yeah, she's very attractive, and uh, and she just has that really strong aura about her, really strong presence. Um, I love really strong women, and uh, and I and I think that uh, she she marks all of those boxes for me. She's very very attractive at fifty for me. She's a tall drink of water. Yeah, <laughs> I like her. I actually like her in um. With my another one of my favorites, Jack Black was in that uh, the house with the clock on the walls. Did you see that one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She plays the yeah she, the witch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. She, it's the purple hair, but yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Yes, sir. Um, let's see who else I got. I guess I got obvious ones. Um, who barely made it in two is J Lo, fifty. Yeah, that's just trip fifty for J Lo, man. Because we saw her before she was anything, like from Living Color and yeah. all that. When she had the mustache, yeah, <laughs> the little short hair, short hair with the fucking sideburns. Like she does not <laughs> look like J Lo in yeah. a Living Color. She, uh, she looks she like one of my up. aunties. She got yeah, shirts. Once she started getting um, um. Playing Selena. Did you see they're doing another 
Selena on Netflix, or are you familiar with Selena? Oh no, are they? Yeah, yeah, you know uh, Rosita. Um, which oh, name? that's great casting. Trudy. Yeah, I, I, Santos. I forget her name. Justin Santos. Um, yeah, she's <laughs> gonna be playing Selena. There is a little teaser out already. Um, we're supposed to be next year sometime. That, I think that's that's really great casting, though. I think she's too skinny, but and I'm for sure they had to add a padding on her ass. <laughs> <laughs> she's too skinny, and you know she ain't got no ass. But... I don't know, Wait. man. If you've been watching Walking Dead, she, she's always they always got her in them um them yoga pants. My my man and uh, uh, Ernie and I used to do the podcasting dead once upon a time. Uh, now it's uh, Marco from the Starlight Digest and Corinne from How We Do Disney. Uh, we'll partner up with Ernie to to handle season 10, the rest of the season. Um, but that was one thing we would always take note of is that they always were playing up her sex appeal in The Walking Dead and the yoga pants. Where do you find yoga pants in the fucking zombie apocalypse? You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, they found a dick sporting goods somewhere. I don't know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> She took all of uh, the extra medium section for herself. <laughs> extra medium. <laughs> uh, right. So, j who you got? All right. So, again, keeping it in um, an order of age here. Uh, Elizabeth Hurley at 53. Elizabeth Hurley. We haven't seen her in much since... Fuck, I don't even know when last we saw any. I, I remember her probably last... Yeah, Austin Powers, and then also that movie that she... I think one of her last movies, or at least after Austin Powers, was the um, where she plays the devil with Brandon Fraser. And I think she and Brandon Fraser kind of went away at the same time, because who's seen Brandon Fraser in anything of recent? Doom Patrol, you seen that? No, I haven't. That's a DC property, right? Yeah. On uh, the streaming service? Yeah. They haven't seen it. Nobody's seen that. No. <laughs> <laughs> he would have yeah. been... He was here in town for a con not that long ago. It's like, yeah, I ain't gonna go see that. Oh, that's sad. He's like one of those celebrities at the at the booths, and like, there's no line. And he's just <laughs> drinking his sprite. <laughs> that's sad. Yo, that used to happen when we would go to local cons here with my kids and stuff. We go, or even before my kids, like when my my wife and I would go to cons, we would see Ray Parker. Is that no Ray Park? Not Ray, Ray Parker. Parker. Ray Park. Yeah. Uh, we would see him before he got kind of. It was after the uh, prequel ser- series, but before obviously any of the um, renaissance of what's going on now, and uh, and he would always have that booth where it was like maybe one or two people, and then most of the time he's just drinking a sprite and just kind of looking out into the fucking void. You know, that it just weird. <laughs> yeah. Is he? He's. I don't know if you see him on Instagram. Like he's always posting videos of himself working out and twirling the fucking. The lightsaber? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, dude, do something else. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, most of us know him only for Darth Maul. And yeah. because he was, a, he was a stuntman before, and he was casted into the role of Darth Maul. They didn't even let him use his own voice because it was so soft. And then I guess the next memorable would be Snake Eyes, uh, before that being Toad. Um, but it, it's all, it all goes back to Maul. Obviously, now he's reprising with whatever they're going to do in the Solo universe. Maybe. So it's like, if that's, if that's your niche, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, if if motherfuckers want to see me troll a lightsaber, it's like that's all I got. That's all I got, then, man. I want to make sure I get those ten dollar autographs, and when I go to your local con, so I'm gonna start dancing for you, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny when you say that? I remember going to a con and um, they had homeboy nobody at his booth um, uh, from Karate Kid, uh, John Kreese. Oh no! Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. This was before, before the whole, um, you know, the new show now, right? Cobra Kai. Yeah, it was nobody at his booth. I remember I sat there and talked to him for like a good ten, fifteen minutes, and he was like, "Hey, so you want a picture?" Like, like almost begging. But uh, he's actually a, a cool guy, man. He's real cool. I went uh once upon a time before um Two's Company when I was doing another podcast. Uh, I would do inter- I did a few interviews at cons, and I met up with. Uh, so you know, my man uh, Adrian, AO Mister Big Geek. He always says, "I'm a nerd, but I'm not a fucking nerd." Well, I'm yeah. a fucking nerd. All right, I'm a fucking nerd. I love Star Trek, and I love Battlestar Galactica. I love the original, and I more so love the reimagining. Richard Hatch was in both. He was um, in the original Battlestar in the '70s, and then he he came back, or when they did the reimagining, he came back as a different character altogether. And I was able to, I was lucky enough to to interview him, and he was so gracious um, to to accept my request for interview one on one. And uh, and but I know how that is, like where you have somebody where this in my mind this was like such a big star in my head, like I and he still is, but he just um, even though he's passed away now, um, but he he was somebody that should have had a line going out the building in my head, and then I see him and he's at his booth selling all of his t-shirts and and photographs pre-signed and there's nobody there and i'm like this is my hero though you know like this is my dude and i didn't get a chance to tell him like how much he meant to me when i recorded with him uh that interview but it can be sad it can be sad to see that you know to see your heroes fall you ever meet anybody that's like just whacked out at a con like like um, a celeb yeah yeah one year um when I was doing this whole three-legged rabbit thing, like it was, I was trying, we we're trying to like do a comic thing, but we were actually, uh, had a booth at a show one time and this was, uh, before the doors opened, we met up with, uh, Tank Girl, what the hell's her name? Um, Lori Petty? Yeah, Lori Petty. Uh, mm-hmm. she, I don't know what she was on, but she was just like, she was out of her fucking mind. She was, she must have been on. And like, just went up there, up to her to just to try to make conversation, say hi, and like, I guess her assistant was like, "Yeah, she's not feeling good right now." I was like, "Um, okay," but yeah, she was whacked out. Well, you know, I hear that cocaine can make you feel like Spider Man. So yes, probably. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think that was mine. So it's yours next. Uh, all right. Let's see. Um, well, we're talking about Karate Kid, you know, Elizabeth Shue. Oh, come on, bro. Come the fuck on, man. You know how they do in the <laughs> cartoons, the Wonder Twins, where we did the, 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 the two things with our fingers? We doing that right now, man, with our crotches. <laughs> like, that's it. That's my number one across the board, son. Uh, across the board. Shoe. Yes. And <laughs> Karate Kid was the beginning, but then, man, I was in a cocktail. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know her filmography like that. She was in Leaving Las Vegas. 
Yeah, Nick Cage. Hounded by Nick Cage. <laughs> and then, but, and obviously the boys now, right? Oh yeah. <clears throat> you, how bad did you want to be Homelander and just have your head <laughs> laugh? <laughs> I I get I get I get where Homelander's mind was. You know, like it's uh she's she's just obviously a a gorgeous woman and uh and and there are women that like grow into their um maturity like their mature features and like goddamn she's just a gorgeous older woman just really really pretty and um and just very just a sexual vibe that comes from her you know very sexy um yeah man that's definitely my number one going back from when i was a kid from you know when i was watching karate kid because she was the teenager she was the heartthrob teenager then are you hoping they bring her into a cobra kai they they do um allude to ali especially season two and yeah. uh, and it, to to the point where you think you're going to see her, but then they also kind of uh, okay. So you you have Johnny kind of looking her up at on Facebook when he first get I think it's a phone or a computer that he finally gets on the internet, and yeah. and he's looking her up, and you can see that she has this established life and the life that he's obviously living now. Um, I think if Cobra Kai is smart, they would. She's open to do streaming ser- um, series, obviously, being the boys. She's right. a hot commodity now. But I think that you, you got the, the two mains already, you know, like how hard would it be to bring in Elizabeth Shue for maybe a cameo? Give us two episodes of her and having the rivalry start back up. These these two middle aged men trying to vie for her attention, especially Daniel's son being married and having a family, but still have those old feelings kick up would be really interesting. And um, Maybe maybe this time fucking Johnny can kick dirt into Danielson's eyes, you know? Fuck that Danielson motherfucker. <laughs> He's the villain. He's the villain. That's what nobody seems to understand. Absolutely. This whole goddamn time. Motherfuckers yeah. came into to hear Johnny tell it too. Like he came into his hood. He fucking kicked sand into his eyes, stole his girl, spread rumors about him saying he's a bag, all this shit. Beat him up with an illegal move and he got praised for it, you know? Mm. This dude just was on the downward cycle ever since. Fuck Daniel LaRusso. Yeah, I like that show. I like that Feels show. Feels great. It's really, great. really They got to bring it. Really, really good. <laughs> it's seven really, really goods. All right. <laughs> yes. Right. What you got, Nick? Oh, man. You, you took my fuck. You took the crown with that one. Jesus Christ. Um, okay. So still saying in the, in the order here, I have uh, Monica Belushi. I might be... Um, pronouncing her last name wrong but she's from um uh matrix reloaded and revelations um i don't know what else she's in i only know her from that but again another really gorgeous woman she's 55 still looks the same like she still looks exactly the same from the matrix movies um she plays the um the girlfriend or the wife of the dude neo and uh morpheus and trinity have to go negotiate with Mm. in the club um, and then she has like an orgasm because he, um, fed her like a special code in her food and you, you like, you see a 3d orgasm happening. So, um, yeah, Monica Belushi, I believe that's how you pronounce the name. 55 gorgeous woman. Look her up. She's, she's just amazing. Stunning still. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Looks the same. Are you, uh, blonde or brunette? Do what do you prefer? I don't know if like, I really have that. Yeah. Like it's, it's more like, um. Like it, it's it's how I perceive or somebody's 
Yeah, yeah. I, oh, yeah. You know, I, I changed my answer. I was going to say something like um, trying to pretend I'm intellectual. <laughs> no, no. I think the, the gray does it for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my man, Mervine, this is an honorable mention. Mervine uh, sent a message to me discreetly of this account, Silver Beauty. And then he shared it with um, the RL. What, what the fuck are we called? RLU podcast in podcasting. I've seen that okay. post. That was a hot lady. What's our fucking group called? RLU podcast and bullshit Facebook yeah. group. Yeah, that's what it's called. So um, he shared it there as well. And, and it's just like, yep, that's it. You got me. That's the one right there. <laughs> you just cracked my head open, and that's exactly what I see. That's it. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, let's see who else is on my list. Uh, Marissa Tomei. Yeah, Aunt May. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I still don't understand how they can go from the old lady, gray-haired Aunt May to, uh, Marissa Tomei. Whatever works, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Think about it too. Marissa Tomei, what is she? 53? 53? 50. I got 54. 54. 54 years old. When we were kids, 54 years old doesn't look like 54 years old now. Like 54 years old was ancient. Like they're going to die next year old, you know? Yeah. Um, they, they have like bodies like linebackers, you know? They, they got the short hair. They, they got like, yeah, like Miss Topfire. Yes, that's what 50 looked like when we were kids. So, like, that's us looking back. And it's like, wow, look at how attractive these women are in their 50s, in their 60s, and and how young ages are now. You know, like, when I'm almost 40, I'm 39 years old now. And I remember thinking, like, 30, you're really old when you're 30. You know, even when I'm in my 20s, I'm thinking that, like, fuck, 30 is so goddamn old. I hope I have my shit together. And then 30 comes like, fuck, 40 is really old. I hope I get my shit together. You know, so it's <laughs> but but we're we're younger, longer is, is my point in saying this. So maybe the kids that are growing up looking at Marissa Tomei on Far From Home and and uh, and the MCU movies and all that. Maybe they're looking at her like, oh, she's old, not in a like milfy way, but more like she's an older woman. And then they're going to have a different version of 54 when they start approaching our age. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's maybe yeah. it, it could be just, you know, perspective. So do you think they uh, they die the grays? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to. You got to. We had this conversation again to harker back. I'm, I'm trying to sell my show on, on uh, RLU this week. Myself and Chris were talking about life and just how it, it, it just hits you so quick. Man, you hit a fucking wall so fast. Okay. And uh one thing I can tell you is that um, I I have like my hair is I have black hair, and the ongoing joke with uh, with my wife like she'll she'll poke at me here and there, and my daughter like she'll also do some stuff like making fun of daddy that I, I dye my hair because the the um, just for men came up in the conversation of the weekly show, and the one thing I can pride myself on is I've I've yet to have to dye my hair I've yet to I have white a little bit in my beard. And what I'll do is I'll pluck those motherfuckers out. But that's how few and few, few and far between I have. But I yet to have real white hair in my hair. And um, and I, I think Indian I, blood in you. What, what's that? I said you probably got that Indian blood in you. I got I got some Cherokee in me, and maybe that's where I I got kind of like the um, 
uh, Keenan, <laughs> the Keenan strawberry pills forever <laughs> jerky line. <laughs> you know, I, I, I guess uh, somewhere down the line, my father's side's uh, scalped enough to to maintain because <laughs> because a lot of a lot of my uh, my mom's side, we have hair for a long time, uh, but it's um it, it it stays black, you know. So I think I'm lucky that way. I'm I'm more concerned about losing it, you know, like I'm because. Man, if I don't have hair on the top of this mug, like it's it's a scary day in this household. Like, holy shit, <laughs> you know, it's hiding I, a lot of fucking. I monsters. knew it was my hair. There's bald man on my mom's side and my dad's side, so like, yeah, I got no chance. Mm-hmm. It's your mom's side, right? Like, isn't it the mom's side that really kind of determines the mom side is where you you get the gene or something on your mom's side, which triggers the the baldness but yeah it was screwed either way (laughs) but you know like there's some dudes that can pull off like look at my man woody harrelson right we were talking about this uh the other weeks and uh you know how he went he went bald young but he was able to somehow pull it off and 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 his there's some dudes that shave their head and it just looks weird like you just got a fucked up head dude you're you're, you know you look like a goddamn dinosaur or there's too many fucking (laughs) dimples in it or whatever it is you know like i'm a dude when I was younger, when I was younger and uh, much more fit, in, in well, actually, when I was much thinner, I, I used to be really, really thin. And, and when I was a kid, and uh, and I would shave my head because you, you know it it didn't cost anything to buzz your hair. You couldn't you didn't have to go to a fucking barber to do that shit, right? So I used to have and kept um, a buzzed hair for a long time, like my my whole head being shaved, and um, and I had a pretty nice shaped skull, you know, where I could do that. But then, as I got older, my head started like getting wider, but the top of it doesn't get wide. You know, so now it's like I have like this point at the I think like a get damn cone head. You know, so I'm gonna look fucking ridiculous if I ever have to shave that shit. I might be one of those assholes like Jeremy Piven. You know, like I don't know. I don't know what I'll have to do. <laughs> Luckily, it's not in a conversation yet. You know, not yet. Was it my turn now? I forget. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think is it my turn? Yeah, I think it's my turn. Yeah, okay. Turn. Next one uh, for me at fifty-five. Now, this is a name that you you might not recognize. Um, I only really know her from Ozark, but this is Laura Linney. Um, oh, she the wife? plays the the wife. She oh. plays the wife. Yeah, there's just something, man. Where um, it says I, I didn't, oh, that's that alpha male. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's something and uh yeah she's a very attractive woman and um and just again just the whole like strong uh female that's that's kind of taking control of the situation at first she's not yeah. um and it, and it and it's surprising to me too because she's a cheater and i fucking hate cheating I, I hate to watch cheating i hate to see cheating it, it fucks me up it takes me out of a story so when i first discovered ozark I was really angry at like, look at this fucking asshole cheating on her husband. He's a good guy, Jason Bateman. And then he's, you know, he's aware of the affair. He has it captured on camera and he's, he's exposing <laughs> he's, himself over and over in front of her. <laughs> he's watching, yeah, watching, the, it the, watching it while she's in the room. Just punishing himself. Yeah. Over and over watching. And what are you watching, honey? Oh, nothing. It's work. And just trying to, trying to make amends with, the, you know the the damage that she caused to their relationship and to their marriage, and and they never fully recover from that. Like so, I love Ozark. It's such a great um, adult drama that really 
talks about relationships and the family life in this mix of the uh, the crime element of the Ozark and, uh, and and the cartel being brought into it, all that stuff. It's just a, such a great excuse. She's take over. I'm, I'm predicting now she's going to take over. It looks like it's going that way. I mean, and that's what I mean. It's like you, you, you meet one version of a person, you think you know, and you got her number, and then all of a sudden it turns into something different. One of, some of the best um, stories are that way, right? Like the, the, fall, of, the fall from grace. You, you saw from Bre- uh, Breaking Bad. You saw with Anakin Skywalker. You see it with uh, Laura and Linny. <laughs> no, sorry. You know, so, it, but there is something very attractive to me for, uh, for as much as people want to play me up uh, in the RLU as like this woman hater. Like, I love strong women. I love, I, what I can't stand are weak women. I cannot stand a weak woman. It, it just, it's a, such a turnoff. So when, when, a, when a woman is, if a woman could take care of me, that's attractive to me. You know, like just to have, um, somebody in the in the shoes where they they can kind of alleviate some of these pressures they can alleviate some of these these concerns um and and now now that i say it out loud it's obviously i have this mommy complex (laughs) 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 holy shit but you know i don't mean it completely like that it's more like more of a partner like somebody that can uh that's strong enough to be shoulder to shoulder with me and uh, that that's attractive, and um, and that's why like I think, and I've talked about this in the past. You know, every woman is attractive in their own way. My man, um, my man uh, Adrian would say in the past about women that are a little bit harder in the face, like, "Oh, that's a handsome woman." It's like, well, yeah, but every every woman is attractive in some manner, some capacity, in some way. They come in every shape and size, every you know, make and model, and um, and and there's always something attractive about somebody. Mm-hmm. On the other opinion. side. On the other side, there's a lot of pretty men out there, too. That's true. <laughs> a lot of them are the noise. A lot of them. <laughs> yes. I don't know. That's, that's an inside joke. I don't know if everybody's going to get that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Who do I got? Um, I got Kim Cattrall. Okay. All right. I'm with you. I got you from Matt Mannequin. Remember that? <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Not so much Sex and the City, it's from uh-huh. Mannequin. That was, oh, dude. I don't know if we had HBO or what we had, but I remember watching that movie all the time. Yeah. That oh yeah, that was that Andrew, was Andrew thing. McCarthy was that uh the lead yeah. in that one. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, they made some weird movies back in the eighties, son. Think about that shit. They did. <laughs> Like, uh, just earlier today, just flipping through the channels, and um, that movie Time Bandits was on. Do you ever see that? Oh, I remember Time Bandits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Baker and all the other little little people. <laughs> um, <laughs> we just had it on for a few minutes, and my son, my youngest, was kind of like, oh, what is this? And I was like, oh, that guy used to be uh, R2-D2. And we were watching it, and I remember watching it as a kid and loving that movie. But today I was like, this is a fucked up movie. This it is <laughs> all over the place. It's all over the place. Yeah, they dealt with a lot of weird shit too in the eighties that pass for like PG and G now. Um, remember um just one of the guys. Just one of yeah. the guys, you remember? Okay. Um I forget her name. Um she might even be able to make the fifties list here. Um uh, just one of the guys. I'm gonna look her up real quick because uh, 
I forget her name. She's gorgeous. What was her name? Joyce Heiser. Joyce Heiser. That was rated PG. And like if you think back at what that movie depicted, um, it, it's crazy. Like they, they had drug use, had nudity, obviously that's one of the reasons that it was such a hit. Socks in her pants to make it make a dick. All yeah. that, bro. <laughs> yeah, yo, okay, look, Joyce uh Joyce Heiser is sixty one. So she qualifies for this list. However, she does not look like the Joyce Heisner we remember. <laughs> just throwing it out there. All right. We can't all keep it together. But um but yeah, man, it's just crazy like how the eighties were. Uh when when Halloween came around, I was looking at some movies to show my daughter, and surprisingly, Texas Chainsaw Massacre fits the bill. You can actually show that to a kid. It doesn't have any real bad words. It doesn't have any uh nudity. Uh no sex is depicted. There's not even really drug use depicted. It's all gore. And uh, and I was just amazed to find that out. Like, holy shit, this is one of these. I go on Google for the uh, parents guide and uh-huh. uh, it'll tell you things that you can show your kids. And this made the list for Halloween. And it was just it was like, no, nah, that's that's wrong. That has to be incorrect. And I looked at it and I'm like, oh, shit, this that's truths like that. Yeah. Who would think that it's crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. You all right. Let's see. So, do we do Sandra Bullock? Anybody say Sandra Bullock yet? No. 55, Sandra Bullock. Another really just uh, nice. really, really beautiful woman. And she's been her whole life. Yeah. You know, since Speed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> she's, uh, you know, she's like another person that hasn't changed much in these years at 55. Like, she looks the same. Even her hair's the same. Like, everything's the same. It's like she's she probably never smiles in her real life to make sure she doesn't make any cracks, but she thinks um she doesn't look like she has at least you know like um another really beautiful woman was Nicole Kidman, but if you see her now, she has that glossy glow of somebody who did plastic surgery to her face because you know who I used to love was Meg Ryan, but she fucked her face up, yeah, Meg Ryan's another one beautiful girl, but then she started doing all that fucking shit on her face just let it be you know just let i think so i think so because you you know you're gonna grow into whatever the features you're supposed to be with and like helen mirren is a uh she's like 70 something and i mean i would not put in our list right but she's still spoiled it i was gonna say you know 70 and above she's she's (laughs) she has it together right yeah helen You know, but she, you know, it, it's like, think about that. Like, you don't, you think of a 70 year old person, you think like, um, like Mrs. Santa Claus or something, you know, Mrs. Claus. And, uh, but again, the, the, your people are staying younger, longer. And I don't know if it's necessarily have having to do with work. It could just be, they're just eating and, and practicing a healthier life. And that's why she, she's obviously somebody who's gray and she's obviously something that has the, the, the age on her face, but she's very pretty. Very pretty woman. If you look at yeah. young pictures of her too, man, gorgeous. Oh yeah, man. You know who always kills me is um uh Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton from like Godfather, Diane Keaton from Manhattan, the uh, Woody Allen movies. You know, she was goddamn beautiful. And then just as soon as she got into um I guess I wanna say I- I'm a huge Woody Allen fan. Uh, mm. so for whatever that's worth, I'm a huge Woody Allen fan. So when she got to play against Sam, 
Um, like that version of her is probably the best version, and then it just started going differently. Like she started looking like the Diana Keaton that we all know, where um, she, she just yeah like she just start her age just hit her really hard and and it was because of her her lifestyle like they used to drink really hard alcohol and she used to smoke that's a big one um and so it just really deteriorated her her features and uh, but what a gorgeous woman she was and if she just was a little bit healthier smoking's the worst man that that's the biggest thing is yeah. the smoking all right who are you, who you got is it on me um killed my helen mirren i was gonna save her for last uh. Um, I got another 70-year-old, uh, I'll say, after this one. Okay. Um, but I got uh, Mary Louise Parker um, from uh, what's she Weeds. I think it was Weeds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Love her, too. She's, she's like 55 to 54, I think. I think she's 54. Yeah, no, she's another one that um, I don't think she's done work on her face. Like, she looks mature. Like you can see it, but she's still kind of looks like she did when she was in her forties and thirties. You know, she still kind of maintains. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess uh, if we're gonna get a little bit past the fifty category and go into the sixty category, I do have a sixty-three-year-old here. This is Dana Delaney. And everybody might be listening. If you know who Dana Delaney is, you might be like, "What the fuck is up with Rich?" But again, I mean, she kind of fits the um, the tone show? of what was that show she was in? Uh, who she was in? She was in TV. I know that. Um, what was I don't, I don't. I just I know her from shit. Like just seeing her face. But she just has this uh, just really cutesy. Even though she's in her sixties, uh, oh, Desperate Housewives. That's what is that what you're thinking about? The TV show shows I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. <clears throat> but uh, she just definitely has um, this kind of cutesy look to her, and um, like I don't know, she just has like this um, this appeal that like she has this kind of dirty secret, you know, like always in, in the back of her head. Like she probably talks really dirty, and like that's that's attractive, you know. <laughs> I find that very attractive. So yeah, um, Dana Delaney is my one of my tops 63 son jesus christ um see how old this girl is i look her up i wrote her down but um you ever seen better off dead yes that girl in there um what the hell is her name Diane Franklin, the 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 French. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah! I know her. She has like the really curly hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she was also, she was one of the girls I think in uh, Bill and Ted. She was one of the girlfriends. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like uh, Bill's girlfriend or something. Yeah, yeah. To the yeah. drummer. That's another movie I used to watch all the time. Better off dead. Yes. I used to love. Her. John Cusack, right? Wasn't that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I got you. I got. How old is she? Fifty-seven. Yeah. Fifty-seven. Does she still hold up? I'm trying to look for a, a recent picture of her. All right. She okay. did. She looks like an orthodontist. <laughs> is she still holding up? 
Um, okay, so I guess this will be my last one. Do I have any honorable mentions? No, that's going to be my last one. This is this is the, my entirety of my list. Susan right. Sarandon at 73. Oh, Susan Sarandon? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Because she's so fucking cool. Every interview you ever see her in, she just fucking... Any room she walks into, she's always like the coolest person in the in, in the room. And she still has it together. She's still witty. She's still, you know, she's she still has a, a somewhat of a of a um a figure and, and her face is still like it's like a matured face. I don't know if she's done ever any work on it. If they did, it's not like you can notice it. Um it just, just seems like a, a really, really awesome um uh person. And she's sexy. So yeah, at seventy three. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh shit, we sound like a bunch of goddamn fucking monsters hey, just like trying to attack got the gilps going on. Yes, sir. I mean that's what it is. That's what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> she could be dead tomorrow. <laughs> Hell I can be dead tomorrow. But... Sure. Um all right, I, since you took my Helen Mirren, I do have a backup 70-year-old, 71-year-old. Uh, but a lot of these, for some reason, go back to my childhood. Did uh, I just used to love these women. Um, but uh, you ever see The Jerk, Steve Martin? Yes, sir. Bernadette. Oh, yo. Isn't she dead? Uh, is she? Bernadette. I'm gonna look at her up. She's a she's a comedian. I I know exactly. I dude. I, when I was growing up, she was one of the women that I most definitely had a fucking crush on. 71 years old, and she's alive. Okay, she's alive. What a fuck it. She yep. used to do it for me as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Gorgeous woman. That's a good one. That's a really good one. She still has the same color hair and everything. Obviously, she. Oh no, no, she did die. Oh, did that was her husband. No, that was her husband. All right. She's on the market. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call out. Yeah, that goddamn the history of the world. I remember her from history of the world, too. She was in that. Uh, she was like the empress or something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, the jerk. That's a great call out because she's the wife, like the the, uh, the ditzy wife from the carnival. Yeah. <laughs> I, think oh. curly, I think I'm attracted to curly hair, though, too. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, hot, hot, hot. Well, that was fun, man. Um, yeah, I think so. I think so. Find another list Co- to talk about. Co- covered a lot in this episode. I don't know how much you're going to use, but we did cover a lot. A lot of conversation. Um. Well, before I go, though, where we at? Two hours? Damn. Um. Uh, since this is a family show, right? Maybe. Uh, yes. If you want to share. Um, is there, uh, like any family traditions or maybe your specific family or something you grew up with that you like to do or things you like to do with your family? Uh, for what? Just, and just in general? Just in general. Uh, well, we, as a family, that's, this family loves movies i've loved movies ever since i'm a kid and i i've shared that with my daughter specifically uh so we do a lot of movie trips as a family i try to show my daughter things past um you know the the typical pixar and 
and cartoon bait that's out there. I try to show her some serious stuff here and there when I can. I do show her a lot at the house um, of movies that, that, you know, took a hold of me as a kid uh, that I want to expose her to that she might not necessarily ever discover on her own. So cinema. We, we, we do spend a lot of time in the cinema um, or talking about movies. One tradition you can say is every time we watch something, whether it be myself and my daughter or as a family, the conversation always becomes, it starts with, what do you think the movie was about? What, what were they trying to say? Because every movie is trying to say something. What was this movie trying to say? And trying to get them in that mindset of being able to dis- decipher movies and uh, get more out of just the initial watch of a movie. Because my opinion with cinema, um, it is, in, 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 again, my opinion, the most important form of uh, entertainment. Um, it's the... It stimulates most conversations. Um, Pop culture, popular culture is important because it reaches the masses. So if you can have a leg into pop culture to share a message, um, that's where your responsibility lies in that. You know, if you have if if you have the soapbox, you should use it well. And uh, and I get a lot of at least not necessarily lessons, but stimulation for conversation out of the out of the movies and i want my kids to look into cinema in that way there's a lot of work that goes into it it's not just something that just magically appears there's people that are making it for you and so if they're putting all of that effort you should at least respect it by way of dissecting it a bit and uh and this it's my favorite conversation to have with everyone i i love to talk movies and tv shows long form uh with with everybody that's willing to have that conversation with me i do a lot of mini podcasts with friends and people at work um i because everybody likes to talk about it because it's it's right. in the it's in the zeitgeist you know so it's like we all have an opinion on it so um i guess that can be some some form of uh tradition for us going to the movies and and extending the experience past the theater yeah i love that um i try to do the same thing trying to get my kids to watch older movies and movies that i grew up with you know we try to do like all the 80s movies like you know adventure and babysitting and those yeah, type so. of movies and and i've introduced them to a lot of that so um my now that my two older kids are they don't want nothing to do with this anymore i'm getting my younger one to get into more stuff but yeah i love that um we should i don't did andre mention something like that maybe like um talking about older movies and just revisiting them and talking about them. I think that I wouldn't, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if um, he's uh, shared that same type of um, uh, outlook on movies. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think that might be a good idea for a show. Maybe, but it's a good idea. I wouldn't be surprised. I find uh, one thing I find endearing about Andre, uh, that slithering darkness um, by way of the RLU weekly show is that he and I have, very similar tastes when it comes to entertainment and specifically movies and TV shows. Um, we have a uh, very, very like almost, I think there's only one thing that he's recommend recommended that I, I never even looked at. And that was the tall girl series from Netflix, just because <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But for the most part, we're kind of right there, even keel. And um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he has that same outlook. And also um, I think it would be a great, you know, maybe an, an, another guest uh, down the way, as you develop this new format to have on your show, he's wonderful with uh, speaking movies with others. I really want to try to get everybody in for a one-on-one 
just like this, just talking, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, did you get a chance to see Good Boys? Did you watch it yet? Not yet. That's something I've been. So there are some things that are in my watch list that are on my watch list for me to get to either on my own or um, like on my lunch breaks as I'm eating sushi. And there's other stuff that's in the watch list that's for me and my wife. And that's one of the things that are in my wife and my uh, watch list. It's just, as you know, being a father of teenagers and obviously a 10 year old, I have a 10 year old and I have a uh, going on to four years old right now. It's very difficult to find time for yourself, let alone for you and your spouse. And um, so what we tend to do, we have a, 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 a huge list, a huge pile of things we want to watch, but we ultimately end up watching TV shows because it's it's faster. You know, they, they tend to be between 30 to maybe an hour, and we can afford to do that at night before we go to sleep rather than sit down for a two-hour movie because inevitably – What's going to end up happening is my wife will fall asleep and then I end up watching the movie by myself, you know, and, and that's I hate that. I, I hate experiencing stuff by myself if I start off the journey with somebody. Yeah, no, I would like to. And then it becomes like a whole conversation. Oh, what did I miss or what? Can we watch it again or, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, so one thing um, what I love about <clears throat> talking just to kind of harken back to streaming stuff. My wife, um, one one TV show I was telling her to watch since I was exposed to it was. It's the end of the fucking world. I discovered it in its first season, and now it's in the um, it's in season two now on Netflix. I watched that whole series, uh, one through two, and I think it ends with two. I don't think we're going to go any further with that uh, universe, and um, or at least it ends the way that that way, where it makes it seem that way. Um, I watched it all by myself. It's they're they're thirty minute episodes. I watched it all by myself uh, first season. Watched the second season all by myself. My wife is now discovering the first season, and I love that she's discovering it now and i'm kind of watching i'm popping my head in here and there as she's watching it through her workouts or whatever she's gonna make her time to watch it and then we can kind of talk a little bit about it and i'm like oh you know this you know don't get too comfortable here because something's gonna happen you know i like doing that the little teases (laughs) oh she's one of those guys yeah well no she'll ask me like she'll tell me she's she's like myself we're kind of similar that way we don't really care about spoilers like you can spoil anything to me i'm fine like if you were to spoil episode uh nine with me I'm not going to get angry. My man George Toy I26, he fucking spoiled Solo's death uh, in Force Awakens to me 90 minutes before I went to go see the movie. <laughs> and like, it's like, like, all right, man, you know? What's that? Just like, really, man? Come on. Well, he knew that, like, I, I always put it, I spout out that I don't care about spoilers. He had got done watching it, and he sent me an image of Solo getting fucking saber blasted in the chest. He, like, that's literally what he sent me, right? That image. And I'm like, this motherfucker. But it's my bad, because I, I throw it out there saying, hey, don't don't matter to me. I don't care if you want to send it to me, fine. And uh, and, I, and it won't impact me. And it didn't, because I, I, I saw that. Then we went to the theater. Um, we experienced it. Um, one thing, oh man, when when we saw Force Awakens, that, what a fucking what a movie, what a fucking experience, what an experience Force Awakens from the the trailer and getting prepped for it to the experience oh, of it itself. You know, which it's one of the my most favorite Star Wars that that exists. You know, um, I went with my uh, so my daughter, she was young at that time, young much younger, but she saw it and she was a she was always a kid that can sit in the. My my kid's never been one of those kids that like make noises and shit and act like asshole. Um, you know, she was always somebody that uh, can sit and watch a, a movie from beginning to end 
and not bring any attention to herself and enjoy it. When Solo died, me knowing it was happening, when Solo died and and it happened and, and she saw it and, the, and the, she's crying, as a little kid crying, and we get in the car and, hey, honey, you know, how do you, what do you think of the movie? I recorded her reaction and she was so fixated on Solo, so, so fixated on Han Solo, the daddy dying. Um, mm-hmm. And she was in tears and, it, you know, and, and this was, and I, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it until that conversation. She thought he's dead. Han Solo, Harrison Ford is dead. He's never going to work in movies again. And, and that was in her mind, right? And I recorded all of this conversation because I was planning to air it on for, for the network. And then I recognized this is, this is mine. You know, like this is my moment. I don't, I, I share a lot with my, the audience, but this is for me that that is one of the most precious memories I do have of my daughter. Cause she was so innocent. She, she, she's loving something I love and she's reacting to something with her heart and, 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 you know, what, what transpired on the screen and then going past it thinking this poor man's never going to be able to work again because his character was killed <laughs> off, you know? So like so innocent. Right. And, uh, and I love that. I love, I love that. I was able to have that. And I never shared it with the audience. I shared the story before, but I never shared the actual audio of it. And uh, because it, it was, it was so cute. It's, it's such a, I, I wish there was a way I could share it without stealing the moment away from myself. And there isn't, you know, like some things are just for you. Just like if your kid's taking their first steps, maybe turn off your fucking Facebook Live. Maybe, maybe turn off the Instagram Live. Maybe don't cra- capture it for the gram. Maybe just experience the fucking moment, right? And uh, that was a moment of me having to take a step back. Like, no, this not everything's for the audience. Not everything is a, a story that has to be shared with anybody outside of my life. And uh, that was one of those. So, yeah, man. That, that's how important cinema is to us. You know, right there. That's an ex- example. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think I've kept you long enough, man. Um, but I really appreciate you coming on and uh, expressing your feelings, talking about your uh, your experiences and stuff. Well, look, I only want this. I only want this for the network. I only want this for my friends to, um, you know, we, we should all, like I say in the past, I've, I've talked to a lot of the showrunners uh, individually and also as a group. You know, we should only be cheerleaders for each other. That's the whole purpose of the RLU is to give people avenues to reach further if we're capable and then vice versa. Bring in an audience that we normally wouldn't be exposed to based on your interaction with us. Um, That's why I give the opportunities for people to do pilots like my man Adam with his show that I can't remember his name. Um, you know, though, <laughs> I, you know, talk about being a proud fucking, uh, Papa, you know, like I have a kid that started out on our pot Well, he had his own podcast with his buddies, but the, to have him on our show and to de- how he's been developing and how he's grown and how he's strengthened and now he's running his own show. He's better as a showrunner than he is a personality on, and, um, on my show. And that's a huge compliment I'm trying to pay to him. And it's like, you know, I had something to do with that. Uh, Dario had something to do with that. Andre had something to do with that, you know. And, and I'm, I only want to be cheerleaders for my guys. And, and that's what this network should be. I'm proud when I see guys, you know, doing a, a really wonderful job on their independent show, you know, or expanding out into different networks like my man Paulie, how he does. Um, or when we bring somebody new on board like, like Lucky into the team and that we can feel like a team and we can instantly all feel like friends and uh, that's something that I'm really proud of, uh, that we developed this platform, that I have this platform 
for all of these different personalities to come on. And we can feel that way immediately. And there's no like, there's no grace period. It just happens. And and everybody's on for the ride for the most part. And uh, that, that makes me feel great. So I, I can talk to you forever, Lucky. You know, I, I really enjoy having all of uh, uh, this time that you gave me. And, and I know I'm a, a motor mouth and I know that I can take the mic too long <laughs> and I do apologize for it. No. But I have verbal, I have verbal diarrhea. You know, I yes. can't, I can't help it. Yes, it's awesome. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, again, I appreciate it, and um, I guess this will close it out with telling everybody where they can find you and what you got going on, or if you want to talk about something else that you got going on. Well, all all that really matters to me is to keep up with Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network at rawlivepod.com. Um, if you look us up on Facebook, you're going to want to look us up at Raw Live Unedited for the actual Facebook page. But more importantly is this group started by my man, JJ. He is a listener to all of us that started a fan group, which is the RLU Podcast and Bullshit Group. So you just go put a request over there. That's where I spend a lot of my time on Facebook now. Like anything I want to share, I share via that. I don't share through my um, my personal Facebook. I don't really use my personal Facebook. It, it's only there because I was submitting pictures for ACBA, which is Articulated Comic Book Art. That's the only reason I have a Facebook. It doesn't even have my real name. For a long time, I didn't have my real name on it. Then somebody fucking outed me to the Facebook police, and I had to use my real name. And then I was able to gain my my persona back, which is El Sinestro. But don't don't try to friend me because I don't accept friends unless I, I actually know you. Um, and even then, I probably don't. You know, like I'm still not even friends with Andre on Facebook. You know, like I just it's just a, it's an animal I don't want to use. I, Facebook is scary to me. But the Facebook group is a lot of fun. So I, I drop articles there. We interact. We uh, we're, we're we're dickheads to each other there. You're gonna have a lot of comedy out of it. Um, a lot of memes. A lot of memes of uh, <laughs> different co-hosts throughout the RLU network are found there as well. Um, and then on Instagram, um, if you're interested in any of uh, the news or kind of like the breaking news that as it happens kind of thing, the Raw Live Unedited on Instagram. No, it's not the. It's it's at. Yeah, that's <laughs> at. <laughs> it's at Raw Live Unedited on Instagram. That's where you'll you'll get stuff dropped by my man uh, Keenan, a strawberry fields forever, and Dario, which is the '80s baby, and then I'll trickle in here and there with some stuff as well, and um, and help us build a, a platform there that, that that'll be great. And anywhere you're hearing Lucky the Dork Dad, anywhere you're hearing any of our RLU offerings, make sure that you're you're rating us, that you're subscribing to us, drop a comment. So if you're on iTunes, do all of that dropping a comment and letting us know that you are digging what we're doing. If you, um, even if you just want to say something, you know, simple, like, Hey, good job. Or if you want to give us a whole, uh, article on your feelings on any show that you've heard here, if you wanted to say rich is a dick, whatever, cause that helps us out and it helps us grow and be more searchable in any of the platforms you might be hearing us on. And any of the RLU, if any of the RLU is bubbling, we all bubble. That's the mentality at least I possess. So, I, I only hope the best for everybody that's participating with the RLU. Um, I'm a fan of everybody that is a part of what we're doing right now. I think we're a fucking monster. Can't wait to see what we're doing in the future. Lucky, you're a fucking beast. <laughs> All right, man. Well, everybody out there, this is the 
beginning of the new format. Hope everybody enjoyed it. And until next time, I'll see y'all later. You've been listening to the Dork Dad Podcast. Please remember to follow, like, subscribe, and share with your friends. Until next time, keep it dorky. Hey, I really appreciate it, Rich. Yeah, man. Hey, look, I love you, bro. I, I want to only do stuff with you. I, I enjoy your voice. I enjoy your, your outlook on shit. This was a lot of fun. And um, and happy birthday. Like, seriously, happy birthday. Thanks. Um, you know, life's just going to get only harder and worse from here. So Absolutely. <laughs> We're not going to be no Helen Marin, I can tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> just um, telling you, just wait for that girl to get older, man. It's going to be a handful. Yes, sir. Oh, God, I hope not. Everybody wants to keep telling me that, man. Dario specifically, because he has teenagers, too. And because uh, right now, she's she's my she's my goddamn best friend. You know, these, I was these kids. laughing when he when he called his uh, little girl a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Dario's wild, bro. He's wild. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Uh, all right. And um, yeah, watch uh, Watchmen it's tonight, right? Yeah, it's tonight, dude. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I've been watching. On have you? Have you? Have you caught up or what? Where you at? Yeah, I caught up. I caught up, dude. You've yeah, been listening just stay to the Dork Dad podcast. It's obviously Please great. remember it's, to follow, it's, it's like, like Westworld right in my share mind, with your or, friends. or anything like time, that. Anything that's in the dorky. HBO catalog. It's it's fucking and original series are knocking them out. And you know what I'm behind on though is um, Walking Dead. I haven't seen. I've only seen the first episode. I'm season. with you. I'm with you. I haven't. I haven't kept up. Um, Why?
because I don't know why, because that was my show. Like I had, I used to watch it live. Like that was my show, and I just haven't. I don't know, dude. It's um, I'm with you. I we my my wife and I would watch it I, when I was doing podcasting. Dead. It was homework, and so it's like regardless, you're not watching it tonight, honey. I'm watching it because I have to, you know. And um, and then when I lost podcasting dead and gave the reins over to Ernie, it became less important. So then we started waiting a day or two. And then it became, we'll wait till the weekend, and then we'll watch it, and then we'll watch the next one the following weekend. Like, we were behind. And that's mm-hmm. how kind of how we've been watching it. And then now, we're just, I think we didn't go past episode two. I think that's where we're stuck at. And uh, and we haven't revisited. And to the point where we're looking for stuff to watch, and it's like, oh, we have Walking Dead still. Oh, no, let's watch American Horror Story. Like, it's other shit's taking precedence, you know? Yeah. And I don't know why, man. I mean, Negan's my favorite. Why? And I know this is a Negan-heavy season, so it's like, why am I not... I don't know. It, it might have to do with Alpha. Like, I really don't like Alpha in the role. I don't like that actor. It's, she doesn't work for me. Maybe it's that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I hate that I'm not on board. Maybe because I know the comic book series isn't there anymore. So if the comic book series is dead, maybe I'm feeling like this is dead. Like I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Something. <laughs>